thieves caught on camera stealing more than $100,000 worth of production equipment from a small family-owned business in Atlanta. Our Tori Cooper speaking to the owner of the Plug ATL about the burglary and what's next for the business. Tori can only imagine how this impacted their family holiday. Yeah, the owners here at the Plugged ATL say they started their family business here about a year ago and that digital content wave really hit. But now they say they're going to have to start from the ground up now that a pair of thieves came in here and took thousands of dollars worth of equipment. He immediately, they said something was going on with the alarm. He immediately looked at the camera and I woke up with him saying, oh my God, they're robbing us. While Charlene and her husband, Carleaf Legend, were asleep, this is what they say was happening at their production company, the ATL Plug. It was um, a gray charger and it pulled up and then out hop four guys. Um, it looks like young guys um, and they each have a crowbar in their hand. The legends say around 5 a.m. Thursday morning, their ADT security cameras caught this group of four people breaking into their media production studio that they started last year at the beginning of the pandemic, a space they say they created to plug in and empower young digital creators to the Atlanta media network scene. Where our heart is, is servicing the community and making sure that small business owners and entrepreneurs really have the opportunity to create quality content because businesses are struggling right now that haven't understood that. And so not only that, but we have a partnership with DeKalb County. We work with APS, Atlanta Public Schools, um, with getting cameras and equipment into kids' hands. But their cameras weren't the only thing taken from them. We lost over $100,000 worth of camera equipment, lighting, audio equipment. And now the legends say the majority of their operation has been unplugged from the community. Was probably the worst, worst thing that could have ever happened to us this holiday weekend. Now the legends are returning back to the drawing board, trying to piece together their way forward for their family owned business. But of course, if you have any information pertaining to the people responsible for the equipment that was stolen here, make sure you contact Crime Stoppers as soon as possible. And lastly, if you would like to support them in the rebuilding phase, make sure you head right to our website at CBS46.com. Right there, we will share with you a link to their GoFundMe page. In Atlanta, I'm Tori Cooper, CBS46 News. I've always said, listen, college football is king of the world. There's a new movie out about college football, just in time for the start of college playoff season. It's called National Champions. But there are no come-from-behind victories in this film. No tales of athletes heroically overcoming adversity, either. Instead, National Champions explores the heated debate over whether college players should be compensated by the NCAA, which generates hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue each year from college sports. In the movie, the central character is a star quarterback, played by actor Stefan James, who tries to get his fellow players to boycott the national championship game. You see, all of this money is predicated on one underlying principle, free labor. Some of you listeners may be asking if this compensation issue was resolved by new rules letting student-athletes make money off their names and images. But National Champions goes deeper into this controversy. With us today is another star of the film, Emmy Award-winning Uzo Aduba. Uzo, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Uzo, this is a issue movie. It takes on a big societal debate. I'm wondering if you were attracted to this movie because of that particular issue. Or was there something else about this specific role that made you want to sign on? Um, it was the subject matter, um, the imbalance between the labor of the athletes and the money generated from the sport. 
by the university and all those attached. Um, and so I was fascinated by that debate that's happening within the film. And um, I understood the conversation from a place of the personal, having been a college uh, scholarship athlete myself. I think you ran track at Boston University, is that right? Correct. Was there anything about your own student-athlete experience that gave you helpful insights into playing this role? Sure. You know, I think the balancing of sport and life and the opportunity that comes with scholarships, of course, read personally to me and the story of my character, Catherine Poe. Who is a lawyer for the NCAA. That's right, who comes from a very humble background herself and with the opportunity of the scholarship was able to carve out a new path for herself. At the same time, I understood the challenges that are being brought up in the film uh, so far as athletes who are playing these major sports, in particular impact, high-impact sports, and some who go on to have these illustrious, amazing careers and some who unfortunately don't without any sort of support. That's Emmy-winning actress Uzo Aduba. She stars in the new movie National Champions in theaters now and on demand everywhere, December 28th. Uzo, thank you very much. Thank you so much. We got McDonald's hamburgers, McDonald's, McDonald's. I got McDonald's. The black owner of 14 McDonald's franchises is accusing the fast food company of racial discrimination. Former Oakland A's baseball player Herbert Washington filed a civil rights lawsuit against a fast food chain earlier this week. He claims he was forced to sell several of his stores to white owners. Washington says he was also denied opportunities to buy restaurants in more affluent neighborhoods. The lawsuit accuses McDonald's of ensuring, quote, black franchisees would never achieve the levels of success that white franchisees could expect. And Herbert Washington joins me now. He built the country's largest black-owned McDonald's franchise operation, at one point owning 27 restaurants. Herbert, you were a major McDonald's franchise owner. What initially attracted you to the Golden Arches, and did something change for you over the years? Thank you for having me this evening. Uh, what attracted me was the fact that, um, you know, the McDonald's system and those arches are iconic. And anyone who would have an opportunity to participate uh, with McDonald's as a franchisee would love to do it. Uh, also, I had seen where in Cleveland, Ohio, in the late 60s, that African-Americans had boycotted McDonald's to get a franchise uh, because McDonald's was not allowing any blacks into their franchise system. And in many, in many cases, weren't even waiting on black customers uh, back in that time. So I thought it would be an attractive uh, business opportunity if I could get into the McDonald's system. And then did you notice something changed then for you? Or did you just—was there actually something that changed? Or did you become more aware of, of what you're, you're describing as these hardships? Well, what became ab abundantly apparent is that Black owner-operators were directed and relegated to the inner cities where the cost of doing business was considerably higher than our white counterparts. As an example, um, in the inner cities, oftentimes you had to have security. Security is a, a tremendous uh, cost as it hits your, your P&L. Therefore, you don't have those 
pass-through dollars that my white counterpart didn't have to spend at 20 bucks an hour for a security guard. And in some cases, black owners have had to have security um, from the time they open to the time that they close, depending upon how difficult that neighborhood might be. At the same time, McDonald's gets their monies from franchisees off the top. So before the taxes, all of that, McDonald's gets paid. No matter how much business you do or how little business you do, McDonald's always gets paid. They eat first. So it became apparent and to me. You I tried around. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, you tried to actually buy restaurants in affluent neighborhoods. Were you ever successful at that or, or give an explanation from the company about why you weren't allowed to expand into those areas? Uh, you know, I've had, uh, I've tried to buy some restaurants while I was in New York, and um, McDonald's exercised their right of first refu refusal. Uh, at, at one point, those, those restaurants were rural, and um, McDonald's can control who owns restaurants because they can always use their right of first refusal. And once they do that, they can sell that restaurant to anyone that they choose to. And it was only after I said, why is it that all the black folk that I know have stores in the inner city? They're not in the suburbs. And it was only then that McDonald's started to, to listen uh, to my complaint. So we reached out. It's interesting that you say that McDonald's started to listen to your your complaint because we reached out to McDonald's. They have denied the accusations and in a statement provided to CBSN actually came after you saying, quote, this situation is a result of years of mismanagement by Mr. Washington, whose organization has failed to meet many of our standards on people, operations, guest satisfaction and reinvestment. What is your response to McDonald's? You know, it's interesting, and I want the public to pay, you know, very everyone to pay very close attention. McDonald's did not address my claim of racism. McDonald's did not address the two-tier system that they have, whereby black owner-operators in the McDonald's system, our sales are lower than our white counterpart. Our profits are lower than our white counterpart. We, over a period of time, were directed to lower volume locations that were more difficult to address. The problem at McDonald's is systemic racism that has prevailed since the beginning. There's a letter, 1996, Tom Dentis, a senior VP in McDonald's, he wrote, and I quote, we have not treated our black owner operators on a par with our whites. I am going to, we are going to fix it. That was 1996. And here we are in 2021 discussing the same issues. Do not get sidetracked with the same things that McDonald's says all the time. Mismanagement, these reviews and this. In every lawsuit, this is what they've said. Keep in mind, Herb Washington is not the only one who is making these claims. It is running rapid in McDonald's, the racism, and people are fed up from crew people to ex-employees, ex-owners, and even current owners. There's a problem at McDonald's. They have to first admit it's a problem. Before you, before you can fix a problem, you get to admit you have a problem. McDonald's doesn't want to admit they have a problem.
All right. Herbert Washington, thank you. Thank you for having me. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown, four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. Rivalry, intrigue, competition on Capitol Hill. What's the source of this sharp divide? Which lawmaker's office has the best holiday decorations? Has anyone put up an inflatable B.J. Lederman who writes our theme music? NPR's Elena Moore has the details. On the second floor of the Longworth House office building, there's some intense campaign strategizing going on. And it's got nothing to do with the 2022 midterms. A tiny radio playing Christmas music sits in front of Congressman Ed Perlmutter's office, a Democrat from Colorado. A giant inflatable snowman stands guard at his door. See, Perlmutter is vying for a new role these days, becoming the top lawmaker with the best holiday decorations. But he's got a lot of competition. This has gone crazy, but it's fun crazy. Over a dozen offices are engaged in a chillingly competitive campaign. Lights, inflatables, and decorations line this hallway. It may have gotten out of hand, in large part because of Perlmutter. This was just for fun. I didn't go in. I didn't instigate anything. But a sign in front of Oklahoma Republican Congresswoman Stephanie Bice's office says otherwise. Good cheer for everyone, it reads, except Rep Perlmutter. That's because there has been some trickery going on. Recently, the Christmas tree in front of Congressman Jason Crow's office, a Democrat from Colorado as well, was magically decorated with pictures of Perlmutter. Score one for Perlmutter. On top of that, someone just keeps deflating Perlmutter's snowman. I can do this all day long. Point (laughs) Crow. Next to Crow is the office of Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin. The Republican has a Yoda in a Santa costume and a blow-up chair with empty six-packs of Miller Lite resting on it. But one thing caught Crow's eye. Gallagher's blow-up reindeer. The Coloradan might have put his own mark on it. Gallagher's staff sees it when they reclaim their Rudolph. You put a Team Crow t-shirt on it? Uh, well, I mean, we That's have another to... point to Crow. I mean, yeah, we have to take it back. If he seems competitive, down the hall is Congresswoman Sherry Bustos, a Democrat from Illinois. When I see somebody who might have a little more bling, a little more lights and all of that, it's like, okay, you guys, we got to go add a little bit more. So um, ours keeps growing by the day. She's got homemade corn stalks taped to the walls, along with cutouts of farm animals and reindeer. There's also an inflatable Santa riding a tractor. I do anticipate getting first place, though, in the contest. Bustos even tried to get House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to pick a winning display when she stopped by a holiday party held in the hallway. Oh, it's just far too hard to tell. Pelosi walked by nearly every display on the floor. But still, even she knows better than to get in the middle of this fight. At the end of the tour, Hawaii Congressman Kai Kahele and his staff serenaded the crowd with a rendition of Mele Kalikimaka. Mele Kalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. To Perlmutter, all this celebration has a deeper meaning. It's been a heavy year. 
And this really has kind of broken down some barriers, which we need to do. I mean, Democrats and Republicans, you know, up and down these halls are having some fun, and we needed this. It's all about unity and getting along until Perlmutter's asked the next day if Pelosi crowned a winner. You know what? I'm the guy who's going to pick the winner, and I picked the Perlmutter office. Bustos disputes that call. I guess the fight continues. Elena Moore, NPR News, Washington. I'm thinking maybe it's got to be a bad international connection and all that. Did I hear that you said it was only one person who lost their job and this was a black Tory member? I must have misheard. That's not what you said, is it? <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because, you know, this, this, this well, anyway, right, the chap, I've got, I've got it in front of me now. This chap's name is Sean Bailey, right? So, so the headline here is, uh, who is Sean Bailey? I don't know why they're saying who he is because he, he ran for the mayor, Right. So anyway, who is I don't know what website this is. But anyway, who is Sean Bailey and why did he resign after the Tory Christmas party? The first thing I think that is most important in these situations is just to explain very clearly what happened that night. Was it a pre-planned party or was it a work event that turned into something else? Look, the first thing to say is I want to start with an apology. Whatever happened, it was an error of judgment. So I want to own that. My, I had a young team. Yeah. They've been working very hard for, for months at a time. And I came back from an v- event and they were there all, all set up, sort of ready to go. And I spoke to them and then we took the, the, the infamous photo. I wish at that point I had said, hold on a second, we're, we're straying here, but we're going too far. But, but I didn't. And I want to own that because, yes, I had senior members of the team, but it is my team and I should have owned that. So I want to just take that on board. I think the other thing to say was we were in a workplace bubble. Um, We were working together. It felt quite natural. I had been um, earlier that day. I had a really busy day. So I'd just come from a string of four interviews. I'd come back, you know, to look at um, some paperwork to go off to be on Newsnight. So I toodled off on Newsnight. So I wasn't there long, but the point was I was there long enough and I could have and could and should have said, hold on, chaps girls we're going the wrong way with this mm. let, let, let's move back because to clarify sean you leave and the party seems to become quite wild and this is a fact you know there have been four members of your team uh disciplined officially yeah that's correct doors were kicked in but what you're saying is that happened after you left when you were there it wasn't this raucous party no, look, any, you, you remember when I was on Nigel's show, I don't even drink, I'm teetotal. So I've come back in a work mode because I'm trying to think about going on news night. And, and, they, and they had some nibbles and I spoke to the team, thank you boys, thank you girls for all the work you, you, you'd done. And then they went on and went long late into night. But the point is, I could have been part of the process of stopping it and I wasn't. I could have said to them, actually, nibble at your desk. You know what I mean? Let me make, make sure you're finished by the time I'm, I'm done at news night. I could have said a hundred things, but I didn't. Focused on work, whatever. And, and the, these things happened, and CCXQ stepped in. They stepped in. Uh, they, they stepped in and said, "Look, we're going to have to discipline some people." And they went ahead and disciplined people. And it was the right thing to do. Those people have been very contrite. They've said, "Yes, you know, we put the hands up." CCXQ came down quite heavily on people, and we're all moving on. Have you ever come out of a work meeting where you did not understand what just happened or why? Like, why was that person presenting the idea that you suggested at a previous meeting? Or wait, why did that supervisor do an about-face and act like it's totally normal? 
We've been taught to try to see things from other people's perspective in the workplace, to fix things that you can control, like your communication and your collaboration. It's easy to feel some self-doubt when things go awry, like none of this is how I remember it. What am I doing wrong? Well, maybe it's not you. Our guest today says that at some point in our working lives, we're likely to deal with a toxic behavior called gaslighting. That's the idea that someone can make someone else question their memory, their perception of reality. In the workplace, it's often a manager doing this. They pretend not to understand, they change the subject, they trivialize your feelings, or they deny that something happened. And it's exasperating to deal with. When you're being gaslit, it hurts your self-esteem, mental health, and job performance. Joining me today is Mita Malik. She's the head of inclusion, equity, and impact at the firm Carta, and she wrote the HBR.org article, How to Intervene When a Manager is Gaslighting Their Employees. Mita, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Now, this is a word that's been used quite a bit in headlines. How do you define this colloquialism, gaslighting, especially when it comes to the workplace? Well, my really simple definition, I'll start with, Kurt, is if we were sitting next to each other right now, and I just turned around and slapped you across the face, and you looked at me and you said, Mita, why did you slap me across the face? And I just looked at you and said, I didn't slap you across the face. That didn't happen. And so that's my really simple explanation when I think of gaslighting. But it is this form of psychological abuse where an individual tries to gain power and control over you. And that would be particularly in the workplace. And similar to personal relationships where the term gaslighting has historically been used, it is this idea of lying to you to intentionally set you up to fail, the undermining manipulation and convincing you that you are the problem. Yeah. Give me an example now of, you know, slapping across the face in, in, a, in a workplace setting. Yeah, I think one that uh, is one that commonly happened to me is this idea of, which we all do, putting together work that you want to present. And my former manager saying, yes, of course, you're going to come present. Yes, I want you to come present. Yes, I'm going to send you the invite. Yes, I already sent it to you. And, and they never actually had the intention of having you come to the meeting and or present. So here you are checking texts and emails and you think, well, the meeting's at two, it's one thirty now. They said I was going to present, but I, I don't have an invite or an email. And, and then later on, after the meeting has happened and you weren't invited, someone reaching out to say, well, oh, it's too bad that you weren't in town. We would have loved to have seen you present your proposal. Hmm. And, and so that is just one of many examples that can occur in the workplace of, of how gaslighting shows up. And I think what's dangerous is the accumulation of these incidents because the one incident happened, okay, but it happens again and again and again, and it can have a devastating impact on one's sense of self-confidence and self-worth because it happens over and over again. And then you actually start to think you are the problem. The gaslighter has convinced you that actually you're the problem, not the person who is gaslighting you. Hmm. So what, what did you do when this happened to you? I left. <laughs> I did end up documenting, journaling. The piece I wrote for HBR was in writing for many years in my head and in journals, because I think that's what happens is because you start to start to doubt yourself. I'm making more of this than it is. Maybe they didn't actually 
invite me. Maybe they didn't paint a negative narrative of me, narrative of me externally or to other leaders. You know, you start to doubt. And so I think one of the things is to actually document to understand if it is gaslighting. And I think trust your instincts because if you do feel that you are the target of gaslighting, you likely are. It's interesting that you felt like you had to leave though, right? This company because that technically is a situation where, you know, we have a lot of advice on hbr.org about how to confront, you know, a supervisor about something. And you can go with um, facts and you can go with I feel statements. Can we just talk about the the power dynamic and, and why fighting this in that situation can be so hard? I think it can be really hard is because in my situation, the former leader had a significant span of control in the organization. So power dynamics are a huge play here. Now, in our discussion, I am talking about the boss gaslighting the employee. It can also be peer-to-peer. And in my situation, when there's power dynamics, it becomes extremely difficult. I think also from the lens of being identifying as a brown woman and being in many places and spaces where I show up the, the lonely only, as I say, it can even be harder because if you don't have allies within an organization that you can go to and you can ask for help and you can say, this is what I've documented. This is what's happened to me. I need help. I didn't, I didn't have that. And so that is actually why I decided to write the piece because I wish that I had more allies and more people had seen what was happening to me. And what I would also say is that somebody who is a gaslighter, it's likely just not that one time they've done it or to that one individual. Mm -hmm. There likely is a pattern, but the individuals who are the targets of gaslighting aren't necessarily talking to each other because the gaslighter will do a really good job of making that person feel really isolated and alone. What's the motivation for people doing this? Because, I mean, you talked about gaslighting, you know, really about being a way to exercise and, and, and gain power over somebody. But a supervisor does already have power over somebody. What do you think is, is happening in, in their mind? Well, Kurt, you might have to have a psychologist on for that portion. <laughs> okay. But, All right. But I will say no. But what I will say, and I'm not a psychologist, but what I believe, and this is something that I will not take credit for, is something that the mayor of Atlanta said, which is that hurt people hurt people. So when you are deeply wounded, some people lash out in different ways. So that could be why this individual is gaslighting. They could have been the target of gaslighting themselves. And they are continuing to role model the only type of leadership they know. They could be incredibly insecure, which likely they are. And somebody who is gaslighting at work, they could also be doing this in their personal life. And sadly, derive some sort of satisfaction from doing this to other individuals. And so that is when organizations really need to think about the impact that individual is having. I would argue that coaching is not going to help a situation like that. I would think that, you know, this leader needs to go and get help and then, you know, maybe come back at some point. Because I think I do think people deserve second chances, but that's my view. 
the article that you wrote, you talked a little bit about this, but I want to get into this a little deeper. You know, you wrote it for the benefit of other managers looking on, you know, how to intervene when you see another supervisor gaslighting their direct reports. Can you talk more about why you wrote this article specifically for other managers looking on? I wrote it because I wish other people were looking out for me when this was happening to me. It's as simple as that. Other people with power. Other people with power. Absolutely. Other people with power. Now, in my situation, because the former manager boss had a significant span of control in the organization, that wasn't a choice for me. That individual actually blocked me. Every every attempt I was making to move somewhere else within the organization, I think that there is hope that if you can find allies and leaders who can be helping you in the organization that they can use their social and political capital to help you get a different assignment on a different team. Yeah, that assisting employees and finding a new opportunity is one of the points you made for how managers and leaders should try to kind of subvert gaslighting that's happening at their organization. Yes. Where do they start though? When they, when they first see it or they first hear about it, or they first just see an exchange in a meeting and wonder, what do you recommend people be trying to do? Yeah, I think that's a great question. If you are Kurt in a meeting with me and you see something that tells you there's something off here, your instincts are telling you something is, is happening with Mita, you should pull me aside, try to grab a virtual coffee with me if you're meeting in person these days, and just start to get to know me and ask questions and start to build the trust because likely I am desperate. I am wanting to have someone to talk to and share about this who will believe me. So this is really key. Mm -hmm. Believe me. I wish more people believed me. And so it is very, I don't know the stats, but in my experience, it is very rare that someone would make up gaslighting to the extreme, especially of what I went through and I know what others have been through. And I think to build on the question, Kurt, is what are some of the signs that you might see? You know, watch for patterns during conversations. For example, the gossiping and joking is a big one. Mm. So if you're in leadership meetings and you see my boss gossiping and joking about me and trying to create a negative narrative or seed the roots, that's your job as a, as, a, as a fellow leader to say, well, tell me more about why you are saying these things or what have your experiences been, been with Mita and asking them a lot of open-ended questions because then that puts them on the spot to have to provide more evidence on, on why they're drawing these conclusions on me. Okay, pro provide the evidence, right? Because it's going to come in the form of conclusions when they talk about it. They're going to say yes. this person's not a good performer or, yes. or not a good team member or, you know, you know, fill in the blank. And you have to not take that at face value. Yes, and you have to ask, well, that, you know, you would say, well, that hasn't been my experience with Mita. I think she's, she's ready for a promotion and here's the things I've seen. And you know what? Maybe when Kurt speaks up, maybe then Mary will speak up and maybe someone else will say, actually, yeah, that's not my experience with Mita. And so you start to, you know, leaders who are in positions of power, you then start to destabilize, as I say, the gaslighter. You know, you've hinted at this, but it sounds like this is particularly important then through the lens of diversity and inclusion. Absolutely. As we've talked about in terms of power dynamics, 
if you are in a situation where you already are feeling alone or a bit isolated, the gaslighter can come in and actually use that as an opportunity to isolate you even further. Like a wedge. Yeah. Yes. And then you feel more and more like you're on an island by yourself and you have nobody to talk to or get support from or ask for help. Context of white supremacy. Christmas Eve, white Jesus's birthday, and we are chatting about gaslighting. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, white Jesus or the eve of white Jesus's birthday, Friday, December 24, 2021. So I have been told. Uh, Before we get to all the business of neutralizing workplace racism, hopefully folks have a few days off the plantation. So if you survive the holiday parties and secret Santa and all the rest of the madness, maybe they even got a really tacky and did Kwanzaa on your plantation. Harambee. Let us know if you made it through all of that. Uh, Hopefully Gus T will survive the so-called holiday now. They want to talk about climate change and extreme weather events. I just want to document because uh, there were several. It was like more than one. <clears throat> Cows listeners who wrote in to admonish, chastise Gus T uh, for talking about the glory of Seattle summertime and being able to go to all the many, 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 many beaches throughout the summer. Uh, Many of the pictures on my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the problem is white people. In the past six months since my revelry about hanging out and splashing the sand and all that. So we had in June that heat wave where it was 110 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm told that's about 43, maybe even a smidge over 43 degrees C. We had another heat wave uh, towards the end of August that was a little cooler. That one, relatively speaking, that was like 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, again, Seattle's typical weather in the summer is about 77 degrees Fahrenheit. So we were like way over temperature regularly. Then it got cold immediately, like September 1. It was 37 degrees, which is colder than it is right now. 37 degrees within the first 10 days of October. We had the bomb cyclone. Remember that? They had some of that in San uh, San Francisco, California as well. We had the bomb cyclone at the end of October. White people said that this is the rainiest autumn in the recorded history of the Seattle, Washington area. Now we are bracing for the coldest stretch of weather in more than a decade. According to the Seattle Times, 
I believe, because I've been here for more than a decade, so the last time they're reporting temperatures of 14 degrees. I don't even know what that is, Celsius. I guess that's got to be in the negatives, something C. The last time it was that cold, and I think it's only been that cold since I've been here like one time, maybe twice. I think one time. The cows was not even on the air. It's been that long. It'll be 13 years if we make it to February. Who knows? Might not make it to the end of this week. Who knows? But it's supposed to start tomorrow. And I think by Sunday or Monday, it's supposed to be down to 14. So hopefully we will survive the blizzard. supposed to snow as well. The blizzard, the Rona, white supremacy, racism, terrors abound in 2021. Pray for Gus T if it's not too much bother. The counter-racist business at hand. This broadcast not for spectators. Uh, the number is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. If you have figured out some things over the course of the year, over the course of the so-called holidays that work well, help minimize problems without creating new problems, help get you some extra days off. If you want to take time out of the office and all the rest of that, let us know. We are always looking for constructive strategies, codification to apply in the area of labor. The number again, 720-716. 7300 the code 564943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate the email until justice at gmail.com feel free to drop a line if you would prefer to share that way if you have concerns about being identified in terms of your voice uh, you want to keep your anonymity until justice at gmail.com. You can read your commentary if it's uh, a scenario you would like our attempted counter racist thoughts uh, and or if you just have uh, your own commentary, some some strategies that have worked for you and you'd like to share with other victims of racism. Until justice at gmail.com. The number again, 720 Seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Before we get to the folks who dialed in, uh, we'll get to the audio segments. I guess three things I'll make sure I share before we get to even the audio because we didn't hear about this. Number one, they had a settlement. We had a report last week about the Kellogg's strikers uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, predominantly black workers. Uh, And it seems that they won, got many of the concessions uh, from Kellogg's uh, that the workers wanted safer working conditions and better payments. So bravo. Kudos to them. They said it's been a lot of that folks trying to unionize and get better resources for themselves. The great resignation and all of that. So great to see I know they had the reports that they the suspected racists at Kellogg's uh, that they were just going to replace all these niggers who are out, went out striking and all the rest of it but 
glad to see they were able to get things to their advantage. Uh, bravo. Keep up the hard work. We're not for Kellogg's, but counter racist efforts and uh, solving your problems, better work conditions. Get a bigger raise too. hope they got a big end of year bonus. Number two, in terms of labor shortages and why they're talking about, wow, workers, why these workers in Tennessee could make Kellogg's bend to their will and give them more resources or whatever they wanted, better pay. <clears throat> so many people are leaving jobs. So many folks don't have enough workers. I said right here in Seattle, they have uh, restaurants. They're sh- so short staffed. They can't be open for the total weekend they have to close at least one day because they don't have enough workers and it's been that way for like months Whole Foods or at least the one that's closest to where I reside I don't know about uh, the others dispersed throughout the city but the one closest to where I'm at uh, the uh, Roosevelt Whole Foods for people in Seattle they have their own coffee shop now there's Starbucks everywhere but they have their own browser to set up and you know all the premium roast and goodies you could want they love coffee here in Seattle they are so short staffed they cannot have the coffee shop open they made it self serve and free because they don't have staff to operate it and apparently they are so short staffed that is not the only aspect of Whole Foods that has currently been compromised because they don't have enough labor widespread uh, shortages just things that I have not seen before in my time and even add to that number three I said I bragged about like man Seattle like dozens literally of libraries I haven't even seen all of the public libraries that they have in the Seattle area the the university branch uh, that's on 50th and Roosevelt. That's about 10 blocks from the Whole Foods that is short-staffed. The university library is also so short-staffed, they they also cannot be open for a full weekend. They had a sign posted uh, that they are closed not for White Jesus' birthday, but they don't have enough staff uh, to be open for a full weekend. So they will see us sometime uh, next week. That's another one. I've never seen any of the libraries that I have attended here uh, in Washington State where they're so short staffed that they actually cannot be open. Unprecedented continues on. Uh, Let's see. And I think they do have vaccine requirements. I think that I don't know if that's a contributing factor as to why there's so many labor shortages, but I think. Uh, both of those jobs because Whole Foods uh, they employ so many people and then uh, the library that's a state job I believe I could be mistaken but I think both of those would be mandated to vaccinate so I don't know if that's a contributing factor as to why they are so short staffed at this moment Uh, in addition to the Rona and people not maybe not wanting those type of public jobs we'd have a lot of contact with a lot of people but that's where we are now getting to the reports uh, so I did include one report at the beginning of the broadcast uh, that was kind of just playing I guess I'll have to include it because I'm referencing it now they were talking about a black media company in Atlanta Georgia uh, the plug 
That's the name of the company operated by the legend family. And they talked about how they had like all, like tens of thousands of dollars of studio equipment stolen. Uh, they get up, the alarm is going off middle of the night. They look at the security feed and, you know, four people, they said, I think look like younger people are going in and, and stealing uh, all of their property. Uh, I'm just pointing that out because these are black people. There are lots of obstacles to being an entrepreneur, as they say, self-employed, uh, including that sort of thing. And I mean, even white supremacy racism. I mean, hey, crimes happen. People are robbed all the time. I have no idea who committed this crime. Uh, they've had all the smash and grab stuff. Could have been non-white people. Could have been black people specifically. I have no idea. Even if it was black people, racists, since they are in charge, hey, they can have it so that it's poor security and your business is not secure. You have to worry every time you, you know, close the door and lock things up as best you can. Like this might be the last time that I see my so-called business. Racist white supremacists. I know I've looked at enough reports where they're black entrepreneurs where racists have deliberately sabotaged them and either paid non-white people to go and do this sort of thing, rob and loot and spray paint and vandalize and all that, or they just went and did it themselves stole things that were uh, valuable destroyed equipment that sort of thing to make it more difficult for you to remain in operation maybe even make it impossible for you to remain in operation so that's one lots of ways that even if you're self-employed you still have to navigate white supremacy racism it can just change how you're going to deal with that problem hopefully for the better next um, they had the report Speaking of self-employed, before we can get to that, they had the report on the name and image licensing for young NCAA athletes. Uh, again, this is still being talked about and contested and all the rest. I guess they're having all the big uh, bowl games. I think retired firefighter mentioned Bryce Young a few weeks back. He won the Heisman for the University of Alabama. He had already signed uh, like I'm going real low here at least a hundred thousand dollar deal and it might have been more than that could have even been a seven figure deal before he'd ever played one game at Alabama and folks were disgruntled why even his coach did not seem pleased about this like what in the world yeah I mean that's like what he said he hadn't even played it down yet how'd he get all this money Nick Saban again he makes like eight figures <laughs> I'm not going low there I think he makes about eight figures might be more than that but it's at minimum 10 million per year so whatever Bryce Young makes is way below what Nick Saban gets anyway Bryce Young won the highs on a cash in where's my check like you keep the trophy really you might take that back OJ Simpson you might take that back one day give me my check checks plural let's see Next, now, back to self-employed. They talked about another athlete. They talked about Herbert Washington, former uh, Major League Baseball player, black male. <clears throat> he was talking about McDonald's. And now he alleged they're practicing racism. We talked about this in detail. Uh, we had on the program Marsha Chatlin, black female. Uh, she wrote the book Franchise. That is what the entire book is about, the history of McDonald's. 
uh, practicing racism both in not having black franchise owners and then pretty much everything that Mr. Washington alleged when he said hey this is not just me sitting here and charging that McDonald's is doing this this is lots of people making this charge there's an entire book where this has been going on for generations black people saying man they keep sticking us in the worst possible areas where we will have the lowest possible profit margins then when we try to purchase McDonald's uh, in areas where they're not going to be gang fights every day like I said security who's in charge of security in a system of white supremacy we try to buy McDonald's in a safer area where we don't have to pay all that overhead to have security guards present and make sure there are no knife battles in the restaurant and all the rest of it and then oh no 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 you can't you can't get this one what do you say right of first refusal no niggers here the one over here where they're going to be doing crack in your bathroom come in and maybe get a french fry between doing crack and drugs in the bathroom doing a sale out in your lobby you can buy that mcdonald's think uh marcia chatlin in fact it's so long ago i think she was on the program before the rona where has the time gone uh let's see next now you want to talk about tacky no better best you can hope for they had the report from NPR about these are Congress members right these are the same folks who we got the January 6th investigation and they told us we had to scurry for our lives and all the rest of it and that no count Donald Trump is the root of all this we can't (laughs) we haven't even got all that done yet and we're doing office hijinks over Christmas decoration like and and you see how it doesn't get any better than tacky right they go through they invest all this time and energy we got to blow up the snowman and you hear the tackiness they said we got an empty chair with beer bottles we want to put that with empty beer cans excuse me and we put that next to Yoda in a Christmas costume I have no why does Yoda have to be drunk why do we have to have alcohol there? This is a workplace environment. These are members of Congress. Like, if we were at the brothel, if we were at a bar, I, it would be totally different. We're at the saloon. Okay, right on. No problem. How cute. Yoda's drunk. How funny. Har, har, har. These are members of Congress. You want uh, Congress member Nancy Pelosi. How Speaker Pelosi, excuse me, you want her to come through and judge all of this? I don't know the beer cans. That's that's a special quality. Je ne sais quoi. I don't know. You don't see that on every Christmas tree. And then they got to go around and do the pranks. Oh yeah, we come around and deflate it, or we come put pictures on it. There's nothing better to do. And then they say we get carried away with it. We just add on every day. It just gets bigger and brighter. We just add more and more and more. This is the best investment of time and energy in the middle of a fifth wave, as they say. We can't get the build back better. They're talking about this is breaking down barriers. So we're going to have agreement. We can get our infrastructure taken care of. No future debt ceiling problems. All that's done. We're not, we can get January 6th resolved. That's because they said breaking down barriers. That's what all this is about. Please. It doesn't get... And they turn everything into a competition. Why can't it just be, oh, we are just enjoying it. 
your decorations are great ours are great and we're just all in the spirit of cheer we can sing our song together incidentally i thought that little tacky rendition at the end of christmas in hawaii because those are non-white people indigenous population i thought that was kind of blackface too that's unfortunately also a part of christmas where like i said sometimes they might come out they want to do harambe celebration caroling in blackface the long tradition of that sort of thing so that's just maybe other folks like gosh you're talking crazy put down that eggnog no problem maybe i'm just you know i'm nervous about the pending cold weather um but it doesn't get any better than tacky with all the christmas office decorations and then you pivot from that we go across the pond now i didn't know about all the sean bailey like all the details of it but Andrew in the UK was just with us Global Sunday Talk a couple days ago and he says Mr. Bailey is the only person he has actually resigned from a position about all this madness about last year's Christmas party and the hypocrisy because they were supposed to have restrictions and a lot of people you know were told hey we can't be going out doing Christmas partying and things like we got this Rona thing we got to take it seriously and all the rest of it uh, so to be getting in trouble we talked about this last week said if you're going to do these office parties things be mindful you should maybe even ask ahead of time are we allowing photographs and then be mindful like I don't even know if I want to be in a picture after wind up on somebody's website am I going to have to answer questions about my presence at this affair like five years later or three years later am I going to have to testify about what took place something awful happened and then, then all of the details that you hear he says it gets all rowdy and they kick in a door <laughs> they have to call folks to hush all this down and then are you serious what it, it doesn't get any better then tacky it can't just be we give out our gifts and we you know we put a $20 gift limit on it oh I got you something tacky you got me something tacky we have our eggnog hurrah and then we go our separate ways for the holiday catch you next week or whatever no 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 no. we gotta spike the eggnog put some rum in it act of break things down kick the door in I told you I have been on jobs during the orientation they told us that things like this happened at the company party either the holiday party or sometimes they'll have them for you know just a an annual party they'll have like in the middle of summer for no reason just to you know get together and act a fool Uh, but they said people have been fired because of their conduct at these events and they didn't include it but we I will take any wager any amount of money any currency euros dollars whatever you want to put down pounds there was some heavy drinking Andrew talked about that too he said the metaphor London is a pub and then he said it's a toilet but he said man they are about that drinking all the only reason they're upset about these restrictions is the drinking that's what he said we got to go to the pub we got to get our pint I am for sure, as sure as tomorrow is white Jesus's birthday, there was some alcohol at this. If they had to get to the point where they're kicking doors in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this went way past just some beer. Like, oh, yeah. This is like some vodka, some tequila, some shot, that type of thing. And what was even worse 
Mr. Bailey, he said, I'm a teetotaler. I don't even drink. And I'm the one that's out here got to be the face of all this. Like, it's my fault. The only black, and he's the only black person. That's what I said to Andrew. Are you serious? The only black person in the photograph who apparently wasn't even present when this devolved into debauchery and I got to be the one to come out and yeah, it was my fault. Yeah, I take full responsibility. Yeah, it's a room full of grown white women and men, but I got to take responsibility for their drunken antics for the holiday. And we said that before that is Christmas Saturnalia. That's about what it is going out and cutting a fool pagan antics all the way. So they were just going all the way back to the source. Uh, let's see. The final report gaslighting. Now, every other time, I normally say HBR cast like they have the worst advice. Like, I just listen to critique and either point out how they're practicing racism and obfuscating and all the rest of it. I think this is the one and only time that I heard a report from Harvard Business, Business Review where I thought, wow. This is logical, useful information like, wow, maybe we can even see if we can get Mita Malik, non-white female, uh, as a guest on the program. But she did that whole segment with them talking about gaslighting. And I didn't even go back rooting through the archives. That's what they were talking about, like a couple days ago this week. They were not on, you know, how do you get through the office holiday season and how do you win your office holiday holiday? We're talking about gaslighting. I thought that was important because we talked about this term on workplace racism so many times over the years. And I remember specifically some people because they don't use this term, even though they've experienced this. I think almost all of us, maybe if we you know, have worked enough jobs, have enough workplace experience, have experienced this to some level. And even if you haven't worked school settings this type of thing happens but I think a lot of us we experience it we don't have a name for what this is nor do we have an understanding this is systemic meaning this is widespread this is not just you this is a staple aspect of how individuals classified as white practice white supremacy specifically with regards to the area of labor like I said education too because this will be in the classroom uh, but oh, and she did such a great job uh, defining explaining what this is when they are lying and she didn't pussyfoot she didn't sugarcoat it she said lying explicitly lying to set you up to fail how many people can give an amen I, right here lying to set you up to fail oh yeah we're going to get you that job oh yeah we're going to get you that raise oh yeah we're going to get you that promotion and yeah 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 oh I sent you the email and, and then nope all your expectations and all the rest of it and you're planning and excited and alright this is great nope and then get confused and then she said it explicitly she said <clears throat> to rob you of your self 
confidence. How many times have we talked about that? Again, I thought it was so important because it was explained very well. And I think a lot of us, we might not necessarily use the term gaslighting, but we know the experience of what this term means. So I think sometimes it can be better in terms of our mental health and being able to neutralize when you can immediately recognize and accurately brand name what is happening to you. And you can even anticipate expect because this is so common. Like I said, that it is necessary. The system of white supremacy, Dr. Frances Crest Welsing, she talked all the time. Black self-respect. More important than a weapon of mass destruction. She talked about that all the time, right? In the archives. All 31 of her programs are in the cows archives right now. You can go to Podchaser. I had to go back and plug in. They remove our and disrupt our archives all the time. But all 31 visits are there. Now, there are many ways that race soldiers undermine black self-respect, our self-confidence, Uh, That's why they have all these sham IQ tests and all the rest so that they can say that we're dumb and ignorant and stupid. That's why they have all these racist teachers, especially white women. They say that we're dumb and ignorant, stupid, flunk us out of school and put us in remedial classes uh, and all the rest. What happens on the job is so critical because if you're able to weave and get through all that, at least to some level where you still are maintaining your confidence and feeling competent Uh, that you are intelligent and can go out here and solve problems and do this job and excel in your career. If you're still thinking that way as a black person, like, wow, that's amazing in and of itself. The job, like, oh, we're going to go to work on this person. Like I said, it's not, oh, whoopee, this person will be a tremendous asset for our business. And Nigra, how can we get rid of them? And how can we go to work on their self-confidence, black self-respect? Oh, you messed up on that. Oh, you did this wrong. Oh, that's a dumb idea. And then she said, they turn around and present your idea. You bring it up. What are you talking about? I don't remember that at all. Lying. Then you start questioning. Did it happen that way? Maybe it didn't. Maybe I'm being sensitive. Trivializing your feelings. All of that. She even came back. Things we talk about here all the time. She said, Some of the big ones are the gossiping and joking. Doesn't that come up all the time? We talk about that on a regular basis, that gossiping and talking about people when they're not present, particularly for something not constressed, not talking about this person to praise them as a hard worker and being really diligent. And did you know all the accolades and all the places that they worked before they got here and where they went to school and they are so well done. No, 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 no. We'll talk about how wrinkled, you know, their blouse was. You know, they didn't have the right shoes on. They misspelled a word in the email the other day. That type of the rundown vehicle. That sort of thing. Just gossip. Things that don't even have anything to do with the job a lot of times. They just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talking. Making fun of, making people the butt of jokes. So, so common. That's why I said like and beautiful when she said, hey, and it was that sound like what we say here. She said you can respond with questions. You talking all this and Gus is no count. And oh, my God, he is shiftless and lazy. And, wow. 
really? Can you tell me some specific times when you worked with Gus and he was lazy or not up to par? Like she said, ask open-ended questions. You just get them to talk more. Even I said, Hall of Fame, Mr. Edward Williams, he said they're doing all this. Hey, it sounds like Gus may need some help. Is there anything that we can do to help Gus become a better worker? Uh-oh. Now, as soon as you leave, they're going to gossip about you. You're going to be the butt of about 15. We didn't bring this up to try to help another co-worker. Now, we want to sit around and laugh and joke about this person while they're not here. The only thing I got in victims guaranteed qualify uh, for me to mount. The only thing I would say is in a system of white supremacy, racism, and I'd even have to say what a great job. She did that whole piece logical accurate information never said racism she even identified hey i am a brown person she said the lonely only now i do think there's something i mean that's not really funny and she didn't say black person yellow mellow brown stick around not too many of you but brown stick around black back of the bus bottom of the boat The lonely only brown where she is talking directly about white supremacy racism, but she never identifies individuals classified as white. She didn't even say when she conceded that, hey, I've been in this situation where I've been the one that's being gaslit. She didn't identify the person doing it as someone classified as white, although it probably was. But I thought excellent job of getting through a segment if you need to talk about things in this manner where you're not explicitly referencing white supremacy racism there you go where it still gets mentioned but I would not expect so called allies uh, if it's white people who are in positions of power I would not expect them to uh, come to your aid come to your defense on these type of issues uh, I would expect I mean they're not ignorant uh, the problem you know I can only submit they are very aware if you're being gaslit, if somebody is lying to you or sabotaging you, caller in Florida talks about, hey, we are talking amongst ourselves. We're gossiping amongst ourselves. We got the click. We're texting and going on lunches together and all the rest and probably even more that we don't know about. We know what's going on. We're not ignorant. That's not the problem that we're unaware that you're being mistreated. We are dedicated to white supremacy racism. So I think the only realistic route you can take, as she even said, documenting, journaling, asking questions. Those are things that we talk about on a regular basis. I do not think it's logical. And I don't think there is consistent evidence to support the belief or thinking that any white people or anybody that is non-white in a work environment is going to be a so-called ally. You have to be an army of one. That's the way that you prep. That's the way that you prepare. I think it's super dangerous and you're setting yourself up for like massive disappointment and frustration thinking that you're going to have any sort of so-called ally in a work environment, white or non-white. I normally would say I could be in error, but on that one, no, ma'am. The number is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate.
Uh, let us know if you survived the office holiday parties, White Santa, anything like that. If they asked you to participate and you got out of it, let us know how you did all that. It's always good to have a few of those strategies in your pocket. I am reminded uh, of the legends, the Williams sisters. They invoke, and it might be true. I'm not even doubting them. I think it is true. <laughs> in fact, I'm just saying they would say, I think somehow they got asked about like birthdays or one of the holidays i don't even know if it was christmas but it was one of them and they just responded one of the holidays i mean and their response was we don't participate in that we were raised jehovah witness so we don't you know we don't have a lived experience participating in all that so it's just not you know something we're involved in there was no retort no oh my god that's crazy and i said oh that's beautiful you can use that you can even say I was raised Jehovah Witness and leave it at that. And that's when I think people have been, I think I've been, because I said that one a few times before on the program, and I think someone had said that they tried it and it worked. And I would think that would be the case because that's not like, that's not like saying, you know, I was raised in the nation of Islam, right? That's not like saying I'm, I was raised a black Muslim. Like you get a totally different response than like Jehovah Witness. I think most suspected racists, like, oh, okay, that's not, you know, that's not too subversive. Like I've heard of that one. Like white Jesus is still like, oh, okay. They just go around and, you know, annoy people knocking on the door whatever like okay Jehovah wouldn't mm -hmm. and they would even know like oh that's right yeah they don't do all the holidays okay mm -hmm. and the way I say say it that way if you say I was raised Jehovah witness it implies that you may not be practicing now so you don't have to be beholden to whatever the practices are in your daily life or that they just set the foundation for you not engaging in you know all this madness anywho uh, number Seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. Decode five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Let's see. See if folks uh, are with us. Uh, hopefully, as I said, not working, uh, having some extra time off. Maybe you won't have to be back uh, near your plantation or. I guess if you're not going physically, you won't have to be doing any virtual work either uh, for at least, I don't know, three, four days, maybe even the rest of the year. How about that? Uh, let's see. While folks are, I guess, spectating, take a moment to get their thoughts together. Swallow that eggnog. Uh, I have been saying for some time. No unnecessary travel. Months, I believe. Uh I said, in addition to the Rona and the labor shortages, because they've been talking about that a lot, too, where a lot of the airlines, they furloughed employees uh, when all the Rona COVID uh, shutdowns began and they had trouble rehiring all those people. So they, you know, might not necessarily be adequately staffed for the normal increase in volume of traffic uh, during this time of year, so-called holidays uh, and what have you, in addition to weather problems. I'm sure Seattle is not the only place that's got cold weather and snow since it is winter time that is known to happen uh, this time of year. Uh, so with all of those things, uh, in addition to people just, you know, saying, hey, you know, we took off last year and all the rest of it, we're going out to travel this time around. Man, I don't think this is a time of year where you want to go out. Uh, I've been saying like back in September and August, they had white people being unruly on planes and I'm not going to wear a mask and you're not going to make me and, rah, 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 and all the rest of it. Even caller in Florida. He said that last week. He said he went to California not that long ago. And he said they, uh, I think, stopped in Texas, had their little layover 
and some white woman goes, I'm not going to wear a mask. They had to get, you know, the folks to come in and, and tell her, you know, make a choice. Behave yourself or hop off the plane. Make a choice. She went on to put her mask on. But I mean, I said, hey, that sort of thing. You can look forward to all of that. In addition to, you know, COVID-19 and all kinds of things. Layovers. Looked at the news today. They said 3,500 flights were canceled across the planet because of COVID-19 or labor shortages or whatever. Uh, the reason they got all these pictures of passengers stranded and all the rest and going through all the airlines. Some of them were the exact airlines that it said furloughed employees were not back fully staffed and all the rest of it. Uh, I hope no cows listeners uh, were impacted. In fact, I hope it was a minimal number of non-white people because uh, this just seems like the worst time uh, to be stuck uh, at some random airport. Uh, and not knowing when you're going to be able to get a flight and then hoping the weather doesn't add to further delays and all the rest of it. Like, man, I would much rather be at home. You can talk to folks that you care about virtually or what have you or give them a call all the above and postpone any of that traveling for a later date when it is a little bit less chaotic, we'll say, or less risky. Uh, let's see. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, our Bay Area mom, uh, see she has a hand up. Look out for other folks as well. Bay Area mom, good to hear from. If you have comments here, should be with us. Hi, um, can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Okay, greetings to you and everyone on the line. Um, thanks for taking my call. I didn't hear any of the um, the commentary prior to chiming in. So I'll just do, oh, I can say this, um, with the layovers, um, my son, he had a layover, um, in Chicago and he was there for hours and, um, he didn't get, he was, I think he was supposed to arrive maybe a little after midnight Sunday and he didn't get there till three in the morning, after three in the morning to the airport. So, um, yeah, it hopefully, and he's even, he's so funny. He's even, he's not waiting, uh, even though he doesn't go back to school until the 15th. He's like, I'm leaving on the 6th. I don't got time. You got this, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Omicron, whatever the variant is, the new variant. And he knew the name. And he, <laughs> he's saying all this stuff. And he's like, I, I just can't, um, I don't have time. And now they're, making all these different rules now. You got to show you back your card to go here and do this and do this when he gets back starting in January. So um, I just want him to, right now he's even in, um, they had, I think they had a, a straight shot to uh, Arizona because they went to their dad's house, both of my children. But like you said, just the layovers and just the cancellations and it, it's, it has you on edge because you want, you know, you want to get back safe. And then I have to purge them a lot. So I have to flush them out and make them do this, drink this, take this, drink this. No, you can't go nowhere. You got to, you know, just to, because he's been, you know, on the airport and these different places laid over and whatever he comes in contact with at the school. So, oh, it's awful. But anyway, um, workplace racism. So, uh, so I got a call from this agency that I applied for 
the the job at the school district, and they were just asking me, did I still uh, want the assignment? Um, because I applied for another job, several other jobs, <laughs> and this is the one that's having me on the shoulder at the moment. So um, let's try a metaphor, huh? This is the one that's um, asking for me at the moment, and uh, uh, it's it's kind of scary. So anyway, I haven't had a chance to put in my two week notice though, so um, I have to figure this out because I start I start I was to start both jobs on Monday, so I might have to just take a leave of absence from the job that I'm at, and um, ah. I don't want to figure it out. But, yeah, I'll have to figure it out because I'm sure they will want me to stay and maybe put a leave of absence in when I come there, when I get off. But the other jobs, I'll figure it out. I'll see. It's not, I'll figure it out because I want to get out of this job. I don't feel as bad for the kids as I did before because um, I had to renew my credentials because every year to be a behavior uh, therapist, you have to, you have to, um, recertify you have to uh, go over all your skills and you know pay every year um you have to do your certain trainings with the uh the uh, the bcbas and all that just to make sure that you're uh capable of doing the job this is every year so uh i had to do that and mine expire on the 31st so uh, uh or the 30th whatever at the end of the month so the Spanish lady, she's not helping. She she knows that I have to do this because she did it mine last year. And she's, I forget it. Because they try to catch you off guard. Sometimes I think people that don't care want to catch you uh, in a vulnerable position and they think that you need them. But I have the, the black supervisor. So she's on it, even though she's going through stuff too because she's quit. She's leaving. But she's trying to leave and set everything up in place for, you know, the people underneath her and, you know, get out all her stuff and just get ready to transition on what she wants to do next with herself, which is um, she's going to Africa and um, she's really leaving. She's leaving on the 14th. And um, I was just saying, yeah, I think I, I want to figure out something else too because I'm kind of over it and I don't know who would be my supervisor who will replace her because I don't even know these people. Ever since the pandemic, there is no more person to person, so I don't know anybody. Um, I just know everybody from the tablet. And the people that I knew before, I know them, but I'm in a different county, so I don't see these people except for on the tablet. So I don't even know anybody, and I don't... I'm just not interested in what could happen after this. So... um the supervisor of the black one was just telling me, well, if you want to leave, I was like, well, I was just worried about the kids. You know, I wanted, I was going to wait till everybody turned five before I did anything different. And she's like, well, you know, that's nice, but forget those kids. Worry about yourself. Don't worry about those kids. Those kids will be okay. Or whatever they're going to be, they're going to already be it. Just do it yourself. So if you have a problem with your supervisor, just with any job, just do you. Um, don't stay. Go. Go for get you another job. You have a problem with maybe the parents or whomever you're working with, go find you another, uh, go do something else. Don't just stick around and stay for the kids. They'll be, whatever's going to happen to them is going to happen to them. I'll say, yeah, you're right. I just, 
feel some kind of way because the Spanish speaking, that grandma, the one from Spain, she had made a comment that if me and the black supervisor left, that the little girl will have nobody. And so the supervisor said, no, she'll be fine. <laughs> she'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so I said, hmm, maybe, yeah, maybe I could look at it like that because I do have a particular compassion for the children, but I just wanted to be done with them by five. But I don't think I could wait till the little boy turns five to stay at this company. But like I said, I can carry him over onto my other job and just do something else with him with the other job that I have. So I can do that, but I got to get out of this company. Um, the other company that I'm going to, I think I'll just be at the school district. So what I'm worried about, I think, is if we have a shutdown, how will I be affected? Um, because I won't be able to work because the schools will be closed. I think that's what I'm thinking about now, how tricky that'll be. Because where I'm at, I guess I wouldn't be, well, I'll be in and out of homes, and that's so dangerous. So, yeah, unless they just did a shutdown, then I wouldn't be able to go in homes, but I would have to collect unemployment. Oh. So that's the bad part about just either going in whatever direction is the shutdown that I totally believe they'll have. Not for as long as they did, I don't think, but I think they got to, yeah, I don't know. So that's my, I know I'm all over the place, but that's how I feel today, Friday, workplace racism. And, um, so I don't think I'm going back after the new year. So I'm off until the third because our company is closed. So now the parents are going to lose their mind because I won't be working next week because the company is closed. But I have to work for the new job that I'm applying for because I have some kind of training class and um, turning on my paperwork and all this stuff. So I'm just torn between do I take a leave of absence? Do I see if I can get a later start date for the new job so I can, because I was clear about wanting to turn in my notice, but I think through the agency, because I remember on Friday telling you guys, I hope I was talking on Friday, that I had the interview with someone from the district and we are supposed to, you know, meet up um, after she comes from vacation and, I think on the 6th of January and that kind of thing, but I would see her on the 3rd, you know, because we were going to talk about whatever we're going to talk about with the assignment that I have. But, and then the boy goes back, like, on the 6th. I got to see what time that is. I just did all this stuff so quick, and I don't know. But that's my work professionalism, and sorry for rambling, and thanks for taking my call, and I will mute my line. Right on, right on. Very good to hear from you, um, black mom in Bay Area, earning her title, mother, looking after her her son, coming back from college, make sure that he's healthy, purged from all the cooties and raggedy ands at school and on the plane and all the rest of it. Um, for folks who have to travel, I said you're in situations like that because he's in school on the opposite side of the continent. My suggestion for those folks, 
early book that flight like as far in advance as you can because then you generally get a better price too but early in the morning as well so early in advance and then when you get your flight try to get the earliest flight possible in the day and try to go direct I know those are generally a little bit more expensive you can go earlier in the morning and earlier in terms of booking you can generally get a better price but Matt you just from what you just heard and we had two people who said that they flew recently uh, I don't know about retired firefighter, but at least uh, folk, and particularly people who had longer flights, what they call like transcontinental to go from like California to Georgia type of a thing. Um, delays. S- sizable, like not, you know, 30 minutes, like si- hours delay. That's the type of thing, particularly when they're talking hours and you go from I was supposed to be back at 7 p.m. Now we talk about me getting back at three in the morning and that type of thing. Like, ugh. if we're talking, this is a hundred dollar difference, man, for each hour you sit in that airport, that hundred dollar difference will sound more and more worth it. That would just be my recommendation. Like that's generally been my EO, uh, MO the last few times that I've had to fly across country early as possible in the morning that it's generally fewer people and you generally can reduce the number of alcoholics who will be on the flight you uh, might not have drunken incidents at 6 a.m. people just want to go to bed uh, and if you can go direct minimize that getting stuck and trapped long as the flight leaves on time should be good uh, let's see glad he got back safe and sound though bravo for uh, our young scholar uh, who's with us the global Sunday talk on racism and, and he was talking about now just that was trying to get from one side of the US to the other and I imagine trying to get to Europe in the midst of all this Yeesh. let's see uh, as for your uh, situation uh, you you know certainly are an expert on uh, your career and what you want to do in terms of what would be best uh, for you to transition uh, and all the best. I'm sure that you, as you said, will figure it out. Uh, I think number one, congratulations, because this has been a lot of time and energy in terms of you wanting uh, to get out of this no count job situation. Uh, And I think myself and other cows listeners wanting you to extricate yourself because it just I mean, man, to be working in a situation where you have lame racist staff and supervisors, they don't care about these black and non-white children, nor the staff. Uh, And, you know, they're going to be lazy about doing their job and even supervising and doing things to help these children uh, develop and do better. Like I just said consistently like that. I mean, talk about undermining your self-confidence and self-respect and motivation like man it's no development for me here at all in terms of my career I'm not even motivated to do as much as I can for the children because you all aren't trying to do that so I'm ecstatic I think it's awesome Uh, bravo (laughs) on getting a new job so that you can get out of there Uh, it's just my humble uh, opinion I think there is no way in the world should you delay transitioning to your new job like not for this like I could see if it was like a major project that you were on or if you had an opportunity uh, to make some money like you could score and over the next whatever it is month or whatever like you could make a lot of money if you had a great report even that even if there was no money anything you just have a great report 
you know, with some of the folks that you work with and you'd be doing them a solid if you could stay for a couple of weeks to transition till they get the new person. Like, oh, OK, none of the above applies, like even for the children. And that's so commendable to want to stay for the children. But I mean, these are not your offspring. Bay Area or the young scholar. That's bango. That's you. These folks, I mean, that's great to have that sort of sincere uh, care for them. And that's why I say like, oh, it's such a tragedy that you're in this awful situation because uh, folks should be uh, just overjoyed uh, to have someone who is that uh, sincerely uh, concerned about the students, children that they're going to work with and really want to invest their best uh, on seeing these children develop. Like, oh, man, let's get her right now. And they say they got shortage of educators and folks to work with. You like get her right now. Like, let's put her on staff full time and all the benefits and let's roll. We need that. That's not their attitude. So, no, I'm of the opinion. No, uh, not for these folks and the children. They understand that, you know, I'm not. This is a temporary thing, whether it's temporary for five years, whether it's temporary for a year. This is going to be temporary. So I'm just going to do the best that I can for the time that I'm here. Uh, I don't know when all these folks are going to be turning five, but uh, I suspect it's not tomorrow and it's not going to be like next week, which is basically next month. Um, Yeah, I don't I don't think that that is uh, reasonable. Uh, I think you can just do the best that you can uh, do a great job in transition, transitioning as best you can so they can know what to expect uh, in terms of how long you'll be there and what's going to happen, you know, with the next person that comes in and all that. But no, I don't I don't even think that that's reasonable. I think, uh, yeah, that's that's the understanding uh, going in. And this is not like a quality job for you in any way, shape, form, even in terms of rapport, the people that you work with. So I think just do the best by the, that you can by these children the last uh, bit of time that you're working with them, the, the children and the parents, because uh, you've even said a number of times that the parents uh, a lot of time don't seem like they have, you know, sat down and invested them all. They're all in these children and are really uh, taking advantage of the services that you're providing and expertise. So, yeah, you've done your best. I think you've done a, a, an amazing job been super patient and everything that you've had to deal with. But, yeah, time to move on. Greener pastures, as they say. Uh, and it's right in time, too, because the year is like tra- everything is in transition, like with new season. And we just had the equinox and it's a new year, a new month, like new everything, new job. It's just right in line. It's time. Uh, I guess if other folks, uh, if they have a different opinion, maybe they have if, if some of the folks who heard, if you have thoughts as to why uh, Bay Area mom should maybe stay, maybe consider delaying or maybe she could take a delay on the new job which just, none of that sounds appealing to me like at all. Uh, if you can get the time away from the old uh, no count job <laughs> um, to set up and prepare for the new job, kind of check it out, make sure that this is going to be like a drastic improvement. That sounds much better to me than finagling or anything that might in any way jeopardize or prolong you transitioning to hopefully a better plantation. Uh, but if folks have their own thoughts, uh, the number is 720 seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate let us see folks emailed in as well 
I'll read one email. Then I'll check in, give folks a little bit more time to see if they have thoughts for Bay Area mom or their own situation to share. Uh, one of the folks who wrote in, Vegan RD, uh, she writes, uh, Hi, Gus. I haven't written in in a while due to being in, being an attempted parent. Didn't we just say, man, parenting is hard work. Bravo to all the attempted mommies, attempted daddies, attempted grandparents. Like, woof, very hard work. Highest commendations from uh, Gus T. Here's my observation on when white people mention racism in the workplace. I'm allowed to work at. Number one. The nurse practitioner, white female, brought up racism after informing that a non-white black female child committed suicide. Hmm. I maintained my code of just asking questions. I try not to comment on things. I just try to ask questions. I wanted to ask her definition of racism, but got interrupted. If she brings it up again... I will ask her. Now, that is wowzer. I don't even know if I can recall someone asking for a definition of racism in a workplace. I think it might have been someone. They had one of those goofy uh, like seminars, diversity, inclusion, and they brought it up and they asked for a definition. But generally, oh, yeah, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I wasn't even getting that serious. Like, uh, yeah, let's get back to <laughs> definition of racism. I time. I keep an eye on that Negro. Let's see. Number two. A resident white male brought up racism. He was telling me about a sheriff race soldier in Arizona who was identified as racist and a racist, especially towards people classified as Mexican. I kept my codification and asked a question. What racist things did he do? He replied he released a white male that raped his 13 year old niece. Then I asked him what racist things did he do to Mexicans? He stated that police were asked to stop Mexicans to ask for their documents stating that they legally belonged in this area known as America. Illegally. I think that's what it is. That one, uh, I don't even understand. Like, wait a minute. This guy is racist. What did he do that's racist? He released a white male that raped his 13-year-old niece. I don't even understand. Like, he raped a white person? Or a white 13-year-old? A non-white 13-year-old? Like, I don't understand. Like, what... Not that I'd be saying this all out loud to this person, but you come up in a workplace situation and say, oh, man, this fella is racist over here uh, in uh, Arizona. This is just the most racist fella ever. Oh, wow. Really? What did he do? That's racist. Oh, man. He released this racist. Or excuse me. He released uh, this fella who raped a 13 year old. How is that an act of right? Like I would even I might even have to ask, like, was the 13 year old non-white just to see? Like, Oh, OK. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm missing it here. Maybe does he intend to go out and rape more non-white people or something? Like I don't. I'm missing it. Anyway, white people do not care about children. Anyway, the uh, police stopping and harassing would sound like white people are not ignorant about the enforcement officials practicing racism and even encourage and applaud this behavior. Heard that before. That's in sundown towns. Number three. I also noticed I went off code. This happened because I was speaking to the resident nurse non-white black female who also classified as Hispanic 
dun, dun, dun. she was discussing Arizona. Why is everybody talking about Arizona? These folks don't even live on the West Coast. Anyway, she was discussing Arizona and I just started speaking about how I traveled there. My code at work is not to give out information unless asked. Bravo. And even then, I might have to think about it because they might ask a question that is more information than I care to provide. She continues, I I do also give out information if it would lead to a constructive result. Bravo, that's A plus codification. The information I gave out seemed more of a show off, and she has that in quotes, type of information. I need to watch that about myself. This is what I have to share for now. Thank you for reading this. Best vegan rd man oh man bravo for just not lying to yourself like that is so important and that right there that is how we learn in my view i think that's how we will solve this problem like all of us instead of critiquing what coons and sellouts and sambos other black people are just reflecting patiently on our own behavior being our own toughest critic and just being honest like man I didn't need to say that she didn't ask me one question about Arizona and I just spoke up talking about where I've traveled a little bit of show off you know I want it to be a little special I guess maybe but I'm going to do better next time around she doesn't ask me a question I'm not going to respond like that's that is a plus codification right there if more non-white people were doing that like man we would be rolling and not focusing on other non-white people i say that all the time like the person that we know the most detail about who is not doing what they're supposed to be doing and who is slipping on their counter racist code it's ourselves just that alone critiquing you know what we could have done better what we could have said better or not said that would alone take up tons of time. We wouldn't even have time to be focused on, you know, anybody else and what they do or don't do. But that's that's one we can all work on doing better at, especially in a work environment. Like, oh yeah. Because I think I think tons of us just have that, you know, you wanna be able to like, like hey, see my picture, see where we went and oh I went there and participate and all that. I mean it's kind of it is atypical. <laughs> to be like oh yeah that is something that I'm familiar with that is a subject I know something about I've traveled to this place I've read that book or whatever it is and just no this is not a you know I'm not an open book in this environment this is I'm behind enemy lines so I have to be very careful about what I say and I can even pause right here I've been playing this for two weeks I can share this on both accounts she started off she talked about these white people just randomly bringing up racism in Arizona no less and then talking about it, I guess traveling to Arizona on no account that we want to be in a habit of just voluntarily offering statements in a workplace context I had this uh, audio segment weeks ago and I meant to play it and we got uh, I got sidetracked and a lot of other people called in and all kinds of people are supposed to call in everything but just I meant to play this because I thought this was so important Uh, This is a black female victim of white supremacy. She did a Facebook live stream talking about a very similar situation that happened uh, in her workplace. Uh, And she even records a little bit of the exchange uh, with her white employer uh, after she has been terminated. And it's exactly, exactly what was just presented 
uh, in the email. So we hear the uh, segment. I see some of the folks with hands up. If you have uh, thoughts for our Bay Area mom, jot it down. It's not that long, Cliff. Just jot it down so you don't forget. If you have your own situation, we'll get to you as well. But this is just a super important reminder. In a workplace, sometimes white people will be fishing. And what I mean by that, they'll come out and just say this randomly. We're in Washington State and they'll come out and be, man, they've got all these racists down in Arizona. They want you to respond. They want you to say something and then they just wait so that they can whammo whatever plan they have once they can get you to say something. Sometimes they just want to see how much you know or see how you respond or whatever it is but I, like, I have never heard where a non-white person in a workplace setting they begin to volunteer what they think their views on white supremacy racism I have never heard where it concludes with that person getting a raise a promotion a bigger office a Starbucks gift card none of that this what we're about to hear right here this is what I'm accustomed to when non-white people volunteer their thoughts on racism in a work environment okay so I normally nobody's on here wait till somebody's on here Hey, Lucas, what's up? Okay, so I normally don't go live, but I just got fired from my job. I'm the only black person that works here, and they just freaking fired me. Let me get out. Right? This is where I work. He just fired me because earlier, a patient, we had a conversation. It was four of us. I was the only black person, and they literally was saying how about talking about the rioters saying how you know they don't understand whatever all i said was they were rioting and protesting because a white officer murdered a black man that was unarmed and i went to lunch came back did my day was doing my notes and he literally just fired me like for no reason i said why he couldn't even give me a reason i said is is it because of my hair like is it my hair is it is it because of the patients? Like, did I not take care of the patients? Is it my hair? He can't even give me a reason. In Gulfport, Mississippi, just fired me because I'm black. Seriously. And now, now they bitch asses locking the doors thinking like I'm gonna do something. Like, don't nobody wanna do nothing to you. See how long I can stay out here before they call the cops. I bet they're calling cops. I literally, I asked him, he said, every day I have to make a decision based on the company. It's a small business. It's only four of us that work here. Every day I have to make a decision based on the company and I'm letting you go. I say, okay, why? What's the reason? He couldn't even give me a reason. He said, because I said so. Because it's my business and because I'm letting you go. I have audio recording of this. Like, what the fuck? I said, like, you're racist. And he just sat there and looked. Thanks, real. I'm so pissed. Hey, y'all.
like all this stuff going on in the world and this is what this white man decides to do like seriously If I had uh, Facebook, I swear. Y'all, this dude, he literally looked me in my eyes and said, it's my business. It's because I said so. No, no reason. He couldn't even say my hair. Like, like I just changed my hair. That makes sense, right? I had a con, like, we had a conversation and you want to fire me because I'm black and because I spoke up for Black Lives Matter. What's best for this clinic? And my decision is to this, decide this will be your last day. Okay. So, um, you turn in your timesheet, you'll be paid to five, and then and then just give me your key and there's no need to. Okay, and why is that? Because it's my decision and that's what I decide. Yeah, but why? I, I do deserve an explanation. And your and your explanation is I may I decide what's best for my clinic, and that's what my decision is. But that's not right though. You feel like that's righteous? Like that's like that's okay? Yes, it's my business, my decision. Without, without any answer or anything. I just told you, I decided that today would be your last day. Okay. Okay. So it doesn't have to do with anything that was said today about George Floyd. That's uh, what you're telling me about the conversation that was said. My, my you keep decision. saying it's your decision, but what's, what's the reason? Is it patient neglect? Is it... My reason not is, doing my job. I mean, what exactly reason, is it? My reason is I have decided that today will be your last day. But that's not a reason. That's just it you keep saying that I'm I've decided. It is a reason. That's not a reason, Ken. It is a reason. And that's my That's reason. you saying that I've decided, but that's not a reason. I have to have done something to anything be fired or to be let go. Anything that happens is my decision. What is the reason I'm being fired? Because Why can't you tell me? But what I is the decided. actual reason of what I did? Because I've decided today will be your last day. Well, if, okay. If you can sleep at night knowing that, that how you've treated me, how all of y'all have treated me, that's good to you. But that is very racist. What just happened, and I am reporting this. I'm going to the NAACP, going to the news. This is going to be reported, and your business will be shut down. Because that doesn't make any sense that just so happened because a conversation was said about rioters and protesters and me speaking my opinion on it that now I'm being fired. That's fine. I'm a child of God, so I'm going to win at the end of the day. You say you're going to win? No, baby, I'm going to win, okay? That's all That's all I got to say. That's, that's not right. It's not righteous. You can't even give me a reason or not, oh, I left a patient or, oh, I did this. There's no reason. It's just, oh, because I say so. And you wonder why your business is failing. God doesn't bless people like that. That's not right. It's not righteous. White privileged people just like y'all.
y'all y'all can talk about Trump and talk about politics, but anyway, just for me speaking an opinion about a protester, I'm I'm being let go. You can't even give me a reason. This is not gonna be the end, just so you know. Context of white supremacy. Very painful uh, to listen to. Um, I guess the only two things I can say, that's not an isolated incident. That sort of thing happens regularly. All the time. It's happened for years. That's why I said even sometimes this is one of those type of situations too where individuals classified as white demonstrate they are substantially more informed about white supremacy racism than we non-white people super codified her uh, employer he sticks to his code I'm not going to explain anything I'm a white man I don't have to explain anything to niggers I'm letting you go why because I've decided it's your last day why because I decided it's your last day but why because I'm in charge and I've decided it's your last day and that's all I'm going to say I'm not saying anything else that's it codified white man not responding to anything else that she says you'll be paid till the end of the day handing your keys thank you kindly I've not seen as I said any situations where someone in the art do you know why they're out in the street in Minneapolis now she says she's in Mississippi same thing we're in Washington state why are you talking about a racist in Arizona we're in Mississippi why are you talking about something that's running you know anything that's happening in Minnesota and in the workplace fishing right like I said I, I'm of the opinion sometimes you got click members and racists in an office they might just come in and say hey today we're going to get Gus fired this is what we'll do we'll come in and they got all this happening you know down in Minnesota or wherever their protest is happening we'll bring that up and he'll get to rolling like oh man and Black Lives Matter and blah 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 and all that and he's like oh yeah we can't have that can't be talking about politics you know we have people coming in and they don't agree with that and we're going to be welcome to everybody so gotta look out for what's in the best interest of the business and I just don't think this is professional and it's been so many examples of that even recently even people didn't say anything but they had on uh, like Black Lives Matter paraphernalia and the same thing Boop. Uh, yeah we can't have you that's against policy we can't have that sort of you know flagrant politics in the workplace just what I said we gotta be welcoming to everybody make sure everyone who patronizes this establishment is welcome so yeah you gotta go cannot volunteer uh, any sort of information cool trips and vacations that you've taken books that you've read new car that you got what you did for your Christmas vacation certainly not your views on white supremacy racism like you are not on a job none of us we're not on a job to speak up for black people to show how much black pride we got to show you know represent for black lives none of that and again like I said be think gaslighting setting you up so they say, oh my god we got this radical on the job she made us uncomfortable and she started quoting from critical race theory and all the rest of the other thing now if it does if it gets to that point where you know they're talking about disciplinary action or you've been terminated or what have you 
I'm of the opinion you do not need to go on any speeches or tirades. Victims guaranteed qualified, but I don't think it serves your purpose. You know, this is not going to be the end of it. And you're a racist and blah, blah, blah. One, I think a lot of uh, companies at this point, if they're going to terminate you, they might have security at the ready. So that might be the point that they press the panic button. Like at the courthouse, they press the panic button. The deputies barge in and ah, get your nigger knocker and all that. So it's many reasons. Plus, it doesn't accomplish anything, even if that's true. And you have your documentation, you have your evidence, you intend legal action. You don't have uh, a Yoda Santa Claus that you have to deflate and package. You don't have anything at your desk except your work material. So, hey, you go grab your coat. And you're out of here. Briefcase or, you know, purse. And I'm out of this roll. I don't even need a back. So let's do it. This is not the end of it. But you don't even need to say that. Same thing would apply. Words are very important. No need for me to be going on and, and talking. Cool, the gang, I'll make sure I'm compensated for the last day and then I'll figure out what I want to do. But I do not need to have some sort of verbal confrontation with you at this point that's not going to solve any problems for me, might even make things worse. And they might just call security. Anywho. Uh, if folks have uh, Bay Area mom, so her situation uh, about transitioning to a new line of employment, if folks have thoughts about the best way to proceed with that, uh, how you're dealing with the vaccine situation on your workplace, how you navigated the holiday parties or any other problems, triumphs uh, with regards to the workplace, let us know. Uh, other folks who dialed in with a hand up, proceed. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Greetings. Uh, what's going on, Gus? Uh, to the Bay Area mom, I've listened to uh, her call in for quite a while, speaking about uh, her job that she has working with those kids. And in my opinion, I from the second I heard her speak about that job, it sounds like like from her voice, she's under a lot of stress all the time. And uh, I don't really think there's any value in a job like that where you know you're always under stress because you're dealing with other people's kids and you're caring more about the kids than the parents are and for what i've seen with black women you guys are very caring individuals when it comes to dealing with kids across the board and that's what i think makes it hard for you know for black women who are in those professions to really want to walk away um back in my prior days I worked uh, a cleaning job and we cleaned at a daycare center and it was a pretty uh, upper class daycare center and the way those white women worked with those kids man I'm talking about you could tell they're there just for that check uh, the one black female who worked there you could tell she really cared about it and so hearing how Bay Area mom always sounds a burden always sounds like the, the way of the world is on your back and chest in all honesty, walk away from that because it's not like it's your business, for one. Two, it's not like it's your son's children where they're like progeny of yours where at a future date, you know, they'll be like, hey, Grandma, thanks for sticking around, you know, when, when we were acting a fool. No, these are, sounds like some white people's kids. They're from Spain. They'll fool around me, the kids, uh, trying to oppress you when they get older and you're an old lady. So I'd say screw them and walk away and take that other job that possibly, I'm not going to say it will, but possibly could provide you with less stress 
in terms of having to deal with, you know, family issues of other people. That that sounds absolutely horrible. And I applaud you for being able to work that, but I think it's time for you to go because just the stress that you always sound like you're under just from that job, not not even speaking about any of the personalized stuff that you have that brings stress. Um, I also wanted to cover real cu- quick, Gus. Uh, last week, uh, I didn't call in, but I heard the replay. And someone was talking about an app that they had for VPN on their phone, and it was causing their phone to uh, freeze where the screen couldn't be utilized when they're u- using the app, and they had to shut the phone down for seven minutes or something like that. What I'd say about that is that app sounds like it's really messed up. I'd get it off my device, and really I'd do a factory reset on that device because that's not normal behavior for an app. That sounds more like uh, some form of malware or spyware where the thing's able to take control over the device. Um, So that's my opinion. That's what I would do. Now, uh, you don't have to do what I do, but that's what I do because uh, that's not normal. Um, but the other option I do is I take that app and I reverse engineer it to figure out what's going on. But that's what I would do because that's just what I do. So on the base, get rid of that stuff. If it's a company app, go talk to the IT department, find out what's happening because not all the time does your IT company or does your company's IT department build the apps you guys use. Some of the times they outsource it to these cheap companies over in India in particular because those companies over there, they'll build that app for, you know, 500 bucks, where an American firm would tell you that's going to be about forty five to $50,000. Well, the company in India don't really care because they're not worried about, you know, their business reputation because, hey, you, you sent your app to be built by us for this cheap price because, you know, that's what you wanted. So it's not like they're really worried about it. So you don't know what malicious code they don't put in there that's doing crazy stuff to your phone. So that's why I say get it off your phone, factory reset your phone, and take it from there. Uh, one of the things that's interesting in the story about uh, gaslighting, um, about a week ago I was reviewing some videos on the uh, program on negotiation through Harvard Law School, but on the YouTube channel. And one of the videos was about uh, running experiments and these white dudes are just sitting there talking about all these experiments they do to figure out what will make people make the move that they need to make so that the deal can go in a favorable manner for them. And when I heard them talking about it, they're laying out all these deals that they've been involved with and ones that, um, you know, friends and family that also do negotiations that they were involved with. And I thought it really interesting because they called the uh, video running experiments. And through the video, they encouraged the listener to figure out how to run experiments in their everyday life. And so what it made me do is really think about how many experiments white folks run on black people in corporate settings, whether you're an employee or you're an entrepreneur. Because when you sit down with them, they usually have an agenda outside of just negotiating a deal. They're always trying to figure out what makes you tick, uh, what, what will gaslight you, which is something else interesting that you spoke about. That's one of the real tactics I noticed in terms of as entrepreneurs when you're negotiating or dealing with them. They're always trying to figure out how to gaslight you 
to try to throw you off your game so that, you know, you either blow up and walk away or you, you end up taking like a, a stupid deal. But um, I'd encourage people, if you get a chance, uh, it's the PON space HLS, I believe, YouTube channel. Uh, the video is about eight months old, but these guys are just sitting here. I'm talking about just talking freely about how they experiment on people and, and how they figured out how to make some aneurysms that they studied on people. It's crazy the, the information psychologically white people have on just interacting with creatures in the known universe. So I'd encourage people to check that out. Uh, I think that also ties into the gaslighting side. Like I just said, uh, they use those tactics not just in terms of employment. They use those tactics definitely in negotiations to throw you off your game to see if they get you all pissed off and then you're going to do something stupid. So uh, I think it'd probably be of interest for us to study those types of tactics and counter strategies that the white folks use, right? Uh, not everything do you have to necessarily design from scratch. I think we have to get better at finding the resources that white people have created to address those issues because if they're doing it with us, what I've seen is they do it with each other. They perfected it with each other and figured that we don't really know how to engage it. Um, seeing the, listening to the audio clip with uh, the um, politicians, I think that should also show how competitive they are and how they treat each other where they're undermining each other over Christmas ornaments and decorations. So if they're willing to do that, something that's supposed to be a so-called festive holiday of theirs, you can only imagine the amount of time and energy they spend thinking about how to undermine your black butt when you come into that office. Um, I'm going to mute my line. That's all I wanted to say. Well, Barry, your mom, I would definitely say move on to greener pastures. There's no point of holding on to those kids ain't your kids. They, they ain't going to appreciate that stuff. And uh, I'll mute my line. Much obliged, good sir. That is two, uh, I'd say, pretty uh, ringing endorsements for no delay, greener pastures, not your offspring. Yeah. On the lay and the strap, I thought that was important as well because I, I think other people have noted that as well. When uh, Bay Area Mom, where she has dialed in or participated, and she has been uh, stressed, uh, and where it's it's it seems obvious that the work environment uh, is taking a non-constructive toll uh, on her and her being so caring about those children. So yes, I, I give a resounding uh, agreement with our caller. Uh, moving on better chat uh better pastures absolutely uh in terms of oh that was a caller who wrote in uh who i'm sure is super appreciative uh they talked about the vpn issue uh on their phone and were saying that they were going to end up having to get like a personal phone uh, and i guess a, a separate different phone uh just for this app uh for the job uh, and saying that it was i guess freezing and it wouldn't uh the phone wouldn't unlock when they went to do the security uh, issue and they would have to restart it and wait all this time and like you were saying just going bonkers uh taking it back to the it and letting them know uh i hope that this is not uh was not something that you had like on your personal phone that was causing these issues and so then you had to get like a company phone from them or i don't know if you had to buy it or whatever i hope that did not happen i hope if it's if this is like a work uh issue with a work app that oh yeah they got you a phone 
like it. This would just be further evidence. Like, do not download anything. Uh, like an app, nothing for a job onto your phone. We've talked about that, like downloading work things and then whammo, do some sort of delete or what have you on your phone and all this other craziness. Like, no, do not. It's not even worth it. Like, uh, yeah, if it's that detailed where you're going to have to be doing things on your phone uh, to communicate or to get projects done on like a daily basis, there should be discussion about getting you a phone and you can hand that over when you leave and all that. I've seen where companies do that all that even for lower level jobs that don't even require everything I've just said where they will, you know, give you a phone that works well and, you know, bravo, that's rock and roll. But yeah, that's right on for taking it to IT and I hope this was not on your phone at all. Uh, the experiments, I agree completely. I think the, that's why I said that gaslighting at times they're fishing at times like we're experimenting we want to see what do our negras know if I bring up George Floyd what will they say let's see experience in fact the caller in Florida I bring up the courthouse all the time like I say you get a whole PhD in white supremacy racism he said there was a white woman I believe might have been the warden or the one who replaced the warden racist suspect uh, she wore the same outfit for a number of days it might have even been like two weeks or something but she wore the exact same outfit and then the two weeks ended she came in and made some sort of debrief and she flagrantly said unless I'm lying on him said hey you all I've been conducting an experiment for the past two weeks. I've been recording observations and comments as people noted that I've been wearing the same clothing for the past two weeks. This has been an experiment. I don't even think she gave out like all the like what was the final tabulation like what did people say exactly like what was this for what was the hypothesis like what were you trying to learn in doing all of this like white people do experiments on non-white people all the time like we are their most I mean you will talk about creatures in the known universe they go to the bottom of the ocean and all that but I mean woo, we the negras are easily their most studied experimented on creature all the time all the time not ignorant about white supremacy racism at all that's another reason too why you got to be careful in the workplace environment about what you say because sometimes the best response not saying anything at all they'll have a whole lot of I came in and did this and did that and did this like he said trying to get you upset and, oh, what'd you think about that George Floyd huh didn't he deserve it I didn't think those cops deserved it oh man they got Kim Porter too Kim Potter I thought she was innocent man they're just going around and rounding up white people what do you think And that's exactly what you, that's what they have to write down. Like, man, he didn't say a word. And that'll be it for a whole lot of things. He didn't say a word. She was silent. Or gave us that old ignorant. Hmm.
that's the way you give it to them consistently in the workplace for lots of reasons but then a lot of their experiments they don't have much data you will remain a strange negro let us see uh, much obliged our caller uh, in Ohio let's see uh, the number again 720-716-7300 decode 564-943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate we have any other folks if you uh, have suggestions for Bay Area mom uh, in terms of should she delay maybe uh, transitioning to this new plantation or should she you know get out of there as quick as she can <laughs> folks can uh, give us their thoughts either way on that one uh, if you have any other folks if you are navigating this whole COVID-19 uh, situation uh, on the workplace in terms of vaccinations or testing or you know if it's going to be something new uh, for the upcoming year let us know certainly if you have any tips in getting through white Santa or any of the other nonsense uh, I think it's white elephant that's what it is white elephant uh, for the so-called holidays uh, let us know Strategies, tips, star six one. See if other folks have thoughts to share. Let's see. Let's see, folks are spectating for their holiday again. Hopefully, if they're spectating, that meant people didn't maybe have to work. Uh, as many days this week hopefully uh, that is the case for at least some folks uh, if you get any time away from you know having to be on the plantation uh, hopefully use it constructively get rest quality uh, rest uh, do some things if you have attempted family members you all can go outside weather well you know weather permitting and all but you can go outside get some activities in not shopping uh, get some sunshine if you're down in warmer environs um, but yeah, you don't have to be involved with shopping or eating a whole lot of unhealthy foods. You all can do some healthier uh, cooking options, but hopefully you can use that time uh, in a constructive manner. And maybe even uh, if you're so-called Saturday evening, Christmas uh, day, uh, you have free time. We'll be here for the compensatory call-in. Uh, I was disgruntled. Uh, we had uh, someone tweeted me uh, and they said, oh my goodness. Saturday is December 25th. Are you actually going to be doing the compensatory calling? It's like, man, we, we do not take so-called holidays. Uh, I mean, that were the case. I guess we wouldn't have done a program today. This is, you know, pretty much a so-called holiday. But no, we will be here. Compensatory call-in, normal time, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. White Jesus permitting. Uh, we'll catch up on what has gone down the last seven days. Um, it has been a... Uh, man... I don't even know what to say. Wacky. <laughs> it's just wacky, uh, wacky year, wacky month, wacky, uh, wacky week. We'll try our best to make sense uh, of what has transpired uh, tomorrow, including, I guess, Kim Potter in Minnesota. I'm sure that's another one. Uh, don't be baited into talking about that either. Uh, that pops up when you get back to work uh, next week. I'm sure people will still be talking about that because she hasn't been sentenced yet and all that. But no, and the same procedure. I don't know anything about that. 
I've been following you. If you say anything at all, if they try and really dig, I'm like, you sure? You didn't hear anything? About I just haven't kept up with it. Haven't been probably at the holiday and the shots and all the rest of it. And the children were plucking my nerves and I don't know if I'm coming or going. And then you can pivot right out of that and get right back to a workplace question because you've already said, I don't know anything about this. I can't proceed in the conversation. Anywho, let's see. Other folks uh, who dialed in with a hand up, commentary to share, proceed. Greetings, everyone. Retired firefighter in Florida? Yes, sir. Yes, I was just uh, thinking about the uh, the recording that you uh, that you played, and uh, and I was thinking along the lines of uh, that person probably could have benefited from joining the cows program on Fridays with workplace racism. Uh, she probably could have picked up some healthy tips on how to, uh, uh, not get fired. I put it that way. Well, at least not get fired in the, in the fashion that she got fired on. Uh, it would have been helpful based on, the years that I have uh, participated and uh, although I was already retired but uh, uh, I uh, was fortunate enough to uh, to have uh, understood and learned some of the things that she uh, uh, I would say neglected although in my experiences there's a lot of non-white people that uh you probably can't converse with to convince them that they can, all of us can use a little bit more knowledge and understanding and uh, work to be a little bit more logical. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking about that. But uh, otherwise, uh, I'll just continue to listen. Thank you. Much obliged, retired firefighter in Florida. That is the point of these uh, programs um, to, you know, help some of us try to avoid those types of problems. Um, I mean, because that can be, you know, catastrophic to just, you know, you wake up on a Wednesday and 5 p.m. you're terminated out of the blue. Like, my goodness. Like, uh, yeah. That can be catastrophic. I mean, you could have offspring, even if it's just you, but if you have offspring and all the rest of it, like, my goodness. Uh, so, to the degree, yeah, that we can avoid that sort of thing, yes. Uh, especially if it's something as simple as I don't have to say anything. No, particularly, no question has been asked. Like, I do not ever, 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 ever need to volunteer my opinion view thoughts on a topic related to racism and it would be exactly the same even if I worked with exclusively non-white people 
exclusively black people exactly the same because there is no guarantee just because you work with all black people who have eight great grandparents who were all born in the US South Carolina no less it does not mean that they will all have unanimous agreement with your sentiments on white supremacy racism so in a work environment this is never the time to volunteer your thoughts on racism if you want to make a comment about justice fine but even that I would have to seriously consider like what is the potential me volunteering my comment on justice what is the potential of that causing me unnecessary problems yes that, sir very very avoidable very avoidable what I what I heard as far as for her getting fired and you mentioned a lot of the the antidotes where where she could have avoided most if not all of that encounter just by closing her mouth. I mean, in the, in the private, especially in the private uh, realm of employment, uh, I mean, they can get rid of you, get rid of you for just about anything. You know, and uh doesn't matter how much you state on what you're going to do and you don't have any leverage at all. But sometimes people get a full dose. I was also thinking about uh, uh, being that you were talking about the, the advent of uh, having uh, programs on quote unquote holidays <laughs> uh, I remember uh the uh what 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 holiday that was or what day that was uh where Dr. Welsing spent about maybe three four hours uh with us what what, what was that on like new year's or christmas or or, or what day was that? If you well, can recall. Well, uh, she hung out with us 31 times. Um, she did a number of holidays. Yeah. Uh, and she did a number yeah. of programs where she hung out for more than three hours. Uh, I know she did right. a Thanksgiving so-called at least once. Uh, she did a Christmas so-called at least once. She did an Easter so-called at least once. Uh, she did 9-11. That's a so-called holiday now. Uh, at least once. I think she touched almost all of them. In fact, I think she might have done more than one uh, Christmas. But I know she did uh, Yeah, Thanksgiving, Christmas. She did all the major ones at least once and some of them multiple times. Yeah, that's that's true. She was on the program a lot. Yeah. But I, I especially remember the ones where she had it. She was on the on the quote unquote sacred holidays. <laughs> oh boy. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Race soldiers don't take holidays. Dr. Welsing did not either. <laughs> she would be on the grind. Context of white supremacy tries to, you know, emulate that. I even remembered that because I had to, like I said, I was putting programs back in the archives and uh, Dr. Welsing programs specifically, making sure I could get them back in the archives. And uh, just like, man, she was here for so many of those holidays. I remember I made a compensatory investment request of old Timothy, don't drink the Kool Aid wise way back eons ago and he was offended like are you serious that is disgraceful that I will take time away from my family loved ones Christmas day white Jesus birthday to come and hang out with you all and play games and talk silly and all that foolishness for thanks I was like what's all this about like man if you're serious about solving this problem like hey people got free time they could tune in and listen help solve problems get a better understanding of racism what's more important than that why Jesus' birthday with your family? Like, Dr. Welsing didn't think that way, and the evidence is in the archives. Repeatedly, like I yep. said, I think she did multiple, multiple times, multiple holidays, multiple times on the cows. Anywho, uh, let's see. And seriously, hopefully, man, if, you know, people who listen to the context of white supremacy, hopefully composure at minimum I'm going to maintain my composure on the job and then if maybe one or two more small things that they take away maybe I do not do any gossiping in the workplace I do not talk about racism white supremacy in the workplace like just minimal and then I'm going to document like just rudimentary things that we talk about and then absolutely I'm never going to be a situation where I am out here volunteering my opinion politics current events the latest police shooting like none of the Kyle Rittenhouse none of the above that's not one of it I don't discuss politics that's Emmys you can keep it short. I don't discuss politics in the workplace let us see other folks who dialed in with a hand up uh, if you have commentary to share proceed Hello. Yes, ma'am. We can hear you. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm really sorry what happened with the lady in uh, Mississippi, but I hope she knows that she can actually go to an attorney, uh, an employment attorney, if she feels that she was discriminated against on the basis of her race or color. Um, um, because even though Mississippi isn't, uh, at will state where they can certainly fire you uh, if it's based on a discriminatory reason such as race she can she certainly has a case so I hope even though she did make the mistake of uh, talking about race in the workplace I, I hope that she at least can seek some kind of redress um, because even in my case at work I I say nothing I'm too am the only black person in my particular unit um, and I don't even say, you know, any like holiday greetings or happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas. I say not, not even that those words. Um, so um, what you're saying is totally correct. Um, I, I don't talk about politics, nothing. It's just good morning. And uh, I do my work for the most of the day and, and I'm gone. So, um, so, yeah, so that's all I wanted to contribute. Thank you. 
just being professional that's all it's about there's nothing incorrect about being professional just grasping that I'm not here amongst my homies and friends and all and again uh, they said I think especially for younger people but I see this a lot across generations where people think of the job they spend so much time there and they come with all those goofy incorrect metaphors that this is a family we're a big family and that's not true <laughs> these are not your friends this is not your family hopefully you're kicking it with your attempted members of such over these few days but you're not with the people at work you're not at the office these are just people that you work with these are your, your co-workers suspected racists some of them and even if they are classified as not white they're not your family they're just other victims of racism so yeah I'm not you know I'm not just here to just be hopping in casual conversations and like I said I have I think it's unanimous I don't have a single incident not one I don't even have an incident that I can think of of people like being like they brought this type of conversation up randomly even amongst other black people in the workplace and it was well received like I can pile them up to the ceiling we had some this year uh, where black people in a workplace and they got a little bit casual with other black people and racism came up and it went horribly <laughs> they thought they were going to go snitch on them to the white people and get them fired or whatever like it's tons tons Sometimes that did happen where the person brought it up and they did repeatedly. In fact, that's in the archives. We had that repeatedly where black people, males and females, have said that they were talking to other black people about racism and they went and snitched on them to the white people. United Independent. You can't be in a job situation uh, and just carelessly, mindlessly uh, hopping into conversations saying things voicing your opinion you have to be very thoughtful and I mean taking time to consider before speaking that's what I mean about thoughtful I have really taken some time to, you know to precisely select my words making sure and in the forefront of my mind making sure that things that I say are helping to solve problems or at minimum this is not going to create new problems for me by you know what I'm about to say the next sentence consistent metric uh, for use in the workplace and again the workplace this is not the place for speechifying I say that here on the cows like man people call in and stuff the job for sure is not the time for speechifying it's just not current events politics who got elected what you think about President Obama what you think about President Trump like none of that it's just not it's, it's not even the time to brag about what vacations you matter of fact we got that in the archives too <laughs> like I totally forgot like uh we got black people they did the low key brag they didn't even do uh, vegan RD she uh, wrote in rather she wrote in about they bitching Arizona it's like oh man I've been there on vacation they didn't even do that they did the low key they just posted the pictures online of the vacation but they were social media friends and that wasn't a what is this nigga doing going I don't know any examples of unnecessary sharing about anything. You got a new car. 
you got married you're taking a vacation you're going out of the country nothing where it resulted in something constructive even even the people thinking better of you like wow you are really something that's amazing I had no idea I thought you were just a run-of-the-mill nigra and wow you are doing these big things I can't believe it you traveled here you got this you got that vehicle no it's I'm disgusted what are we gonna do to set gas like what are we gonna do to sabotage this nigra not understand all this I think can just be chalked up under the rubric not understanding what it means to be white why Mr. Fuller has it at the beginning of the book not understanding what white supremacy racism is and how it works best to keep quiet in the workplace that's always the best like default if you don't understand you're not sure what to say or you need more time to think that's always allowed shh in the meantime other folks if you have thoughts observations to share 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate may I be heard okay. Uh, let's see. We haven't heard our caller uh, at the courthouse, uh, so we'll nab him, and then we, should, we have like 30 minutes, so I'm sure he won't take a half hour. Uh, he can give his thoughts, and then we'll make sure to get our caller in Ohio as well. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Uh, I also want to say uh, I'm glad the uh, victim of racism, the uh, Bay Area mom is transitioning to uh, another place of employment because it it can get overwhelmingly stressful, and I can understand the uh, the care and concern for the children, but I think it will definitely uh, uh, help make a a plus and a benefit for you for your future. Uh, so congratulations on that. I have some updates I like to share. The first is uh, the black female, I believe was becoming emotional about a recent uh, email that was sent about the department having to marked on a board with a marker anytime that one of us leaves to go on a lunch break or a 15-minute break. So she starts saying, after she reads the email, oh, uh, y'all y'all not about to aggravate me about no board. And then she said it two more times. Uh, and then she says, there's way more things to have a meeting about, more important things to have a meeting about than a board. So I just I just made a comment and I said, no, actually it was a question. I said, do you know it's been 33 weeks to the day since the supervisor said that we were supposed to have a meeting 
So every week, I write it down whenever a new week passes. Uh, so that kind of helped uh, calm the victim down. And she basically said she was going to start doing it, but I guess she was uh, saying that it annoyed her that the white woman, the supervisor, sent an email out about uh, wanting to have a meeting on starting to use this board, I think because two white women were arguing with each other about breaks. Uh, these next two are about the the uh, new white woman. Um, this first one was she shared an incident that a member of the um, uh, clique or clan approached her and called her a bitch. Uh, but I think, see, the way that she said it, and white people, at least the ones in this game, they can be clever about how they use words. Uh, so she said she was asked, uh, yeah, I heard you were getting married. And then she says, oh, bitch, why are you getting married? So her response was, because we've been together a decent amount of time or something and I made the right decision and we've made the right decision to get married. So this is a, a cowbell and I think they know that too because another gang member was saying this is another blank and used the name of a white woman who has three children from a black person. So they all Exactly. So they already grouped them together. Um, and the same person was looking at a TikTok video uh, and shared with a victim um, about some guy that was in a Walmart and was asked a question about him having so many children. I guess it was like five or six children. And she was like, she shared that I guess the punchline of the joke was, oh, well, you know, I work for a condom company and these are my complaints, right? So uh, she was laughing at that. Now, she didn't say whether or not the person in the video was a white, non-white person, but, you know, white people tend to, uh, inject this type of humor on the job, you know. Uh, so I just kind of just looked at the both of them as they um, laughed at that so-called joke. Uh, my my next one is, this is one thing that I rarely come across in customer service. Like it's someone that I've gone to school with and he has a particular case, like a felony case. And, you know, I was the only one there to help him because they had redacted information, criminal, like CF criminal felony. So, you know, I made sure I was very courteous, you know, like not judgmental or anything like that. And he asked me, you know, how long had I been there to the courthouse? I said 10 years. 
he said, you know, that's good. It's good to know that you're doing well. And I said, it's good to see you. Good to see you too. You know, you know, you take care. I never seen him again, but uh, those kind of situations can occur. And I just want to uh, emphasize that not only just with him, but just being courteous um, to the victims. And there's another situation where there was uh, an elderly couple that knew of my, my father. Right. So, you know, they were being constructive with me, uh, but it was a while that it took to assist them because I had to go way back and look at some older deeds to a property. You know, I don't know if it may be some gentrification thing going on because uh, with black people in the records, as I've shared before, is racism occurring. But I was able to find like an old deed, like from the 60s. And uh, toward the end of the encounter or the uh, customer service that I provided, there was a person, I think that was at a law firm. And sometimes people tend to uh, use the speaker phone, you know, and I just make sure that I try to stay calm because sometimes some customers can be uh, like, not as courteous as the courtesy you're presenting, but I was able to uh, stay calm uh, in my responses to the person that they had on the cell phone, because I guess they were like old, they were older people. So they weren't used to like computers and cell phones and things like that. But I pretty much got that uh, solved. And I had one more I wanted to share. Uh, they had the, the ugly sweater, you know, uh, and on that same day, actually, there was somebody that was about to retire. And it is a white woman that I've heard refer to non-white people as the people that need to go back to where they come from. Right. So a, a white woman uh, approached me, the, the supervisor, and she asked, Oh, uh, hey, did you, did you want to participate in, you know, bringing food and uh, uh, giving $20? Now, they're asking for $20 to help buy her, this person, a gift. And I just said, no, like, just like that. And she just res responded and said, oh, I didn't really, I didn't really hear you because the machine was on. And she just kind of turned around and walked away and said, oh, okay, okay. So just being able to tell a, a white person, no, like that's another thing that's been um, a thing that I've been uh, observing. Um, and one last thing is the a black female supervisor won the ugly sweater contest. So I spoke with her uh, and what she was given was an or like an ornament. And on the ornament, it said, I love ugly. It had a heart. It said, I heart ugly. So she said she thought it was cute. I thought otherwise, but, you know, I just said, you know, you have a good one. I didn't really start any conflict, but I wanted to share that. She got an ornament and it said, I love ugly. Uh, and, and that's all I wanted to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. 
Man, real talk, when the punchline was building for what she got for the ugly sweater ornament, I for sure thought you were going to say hot sauce. I was like, oh, they did it two weeks in a row. They did hot sauce again. It's like, oh, no. They then I was like, oh, man, I would have rather got hot sauce than the ugly. Or no, I heart ugly. That's it. I heart ugly. I would have preferred hot sauce to that. So I guess, yeah, they they still win. Anywho, um, before we pivot, make sure we get our call in Ohio. But people who have not been listening to the archives just uh fact checking uh gus t because i've been told uh memory my memory is not photogenic or photo uh perfect right photographic memory um is that accurate the white woman there was doing the experiments wore the same clothes for two weeks told you all afterwards gave the debrief that this was an experiment i wanted to see what your reactions were going to be to me wearing the same outfit for two weeks i don't even think she works there anymore she did all this and then retired is that accurate yes sir 2017 i remember seeing the the same uh the same type of um attire where she was even getting coffee stains on it and was still wearing it so the um that's when the uh the newsletter i think during the summertime came out and said, yeah, you know, just like you mentioned, I've been doing an experiment and basically wanting to see how people would react to it. So, <laughs> so yeah, she, yeah. And she was an attorney too. She was in law. Yep. Now see that, that's how I said, you don't want to be in the gossip mill even because they all had that. And then you end up when she has her notes and it'll be that, oh, well, Gus, he was over there gossiping, talking about me wearing coffee stains and all the rest of it and my raggedy clothes and all this. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe it. And then they'll use that. You're not a team player. See? Best not to say anything. You have no idea what is happening. And you don't even have an idea sometimes in terms of the engineering for why this conversation is even happening. Like they sat and rehearsed all of this, what I'm going to wear and who's going to be standing there and you're right here. And then we'll, you know, coordinate all of our little antics and jokes and all the rest. We've had people who've said sometimes they'll set all this stuff up. They'll be talking amongst themselves and then they'll turn to look and see is the nigga paying attention. Maybe they'll say something. They'll just leap into the conversation themselves. Shh. You can always think. And say something later if you need to. If you need to. Uh, let's see. Uh, some of the things we heard. Uh, so that's so that's now we have three of us who all said, "Let's shove off." New plantation, Bay Area mom. Bravo! Congratulations on the new uh, job and everything. But yeah. Uh, you'll be able to do great things in a better location. Uh, let's see. The board marker situation. I just said that keeping your composure is so important. A lot of times we've been talking about this. They'll do things to sabotage you. They'll do things to get you upset. 
uh, to aggravate you. That'll be a part of it. So then they can retaliate. It's, oh my goodness. And this person is upset and ranting and raving in the office. And I was scared of them. And the big black angry person and, and all the rest of it. That really, that's black self-respect right there. Just to be able to go and get this person to calm down. You don't have to talk about racism or anything. Just, you know, uh, Miss Jones. Hey, I, I know they're saying that you know they're going to have to have meetings about this board and and marking it and all the rest and i know it's upsetting but it's been 33 weeks since we've had a meeting they might just be pulling your leg which they do all the time metaphor all the time in the workplace they'll just be doing no intention at all we haven't 33 weeks now come on it's only 50 weeks in a 52 in a year. And if you don't mark that board, we're going to and, and and he said all oh, this was for white people, white women feuding. Imagine that them feuding. Now we got to have the threat of a meeting that we haven't had in 33 weeks. I believe it when when we get there. You you let us know when it's a meeting time. <laughs> He's try He said, "I'm just keeping tabs. I just look at the count and just cross them off as we as we go." The threat of our pending meeting. Uh, next, let's see. The tendency that's all we got. We got tacky from beginning to end. It's supposed to be white. This is the religion of white supremacy, right? White Jesus birthday. This is not just about you know gluttonous eating eating and conspicuous consumption and how much junk we can pile you know under the tree I thought they were about green too how much junk we can pile under the tree and then take back tomorrow because we don't like it if they got the wrong size or it's outdated or whatever the case is it was broken when they got here I don't even want this anymore I got five of them like that's not what all this is about this is biblical this is the day for uh white Jesus the religion of white supremacy his birth we got stealing decorations we got sabotaging decorations we got making this some sort of a race competition out of the Christmas decorations then we get to the court before we even get to the ugly Santa bitch why are you getting married that's the workplace. Now again, that's the same thing I said before about the yoga in the Santa uh, outfit with the beer cans. I said, man, if we worked at a bar or a brothel, that would be cute. We could all stand around and ha ha ha. Yeah, oh, that's a great one. Outstanding, you know, whatever. The courthouse, Congress. <laughs> I'm like, come on, come on. Like, why are we talking to each other like this? We're supposed to be. Ooh, excuse me drop my uh, mask are you supposed to be talking to each other like this we're supposed to be friends fellow members of the clique fellow members of the white race we're part of the white sisterhood why are we talking to and in the workplace why are we talking to each other ain't about a marriage less. <laughs> like what in the world oh, oh that was the now I understand the tackiness. I had to be reminded that was the cowbell. Like, oh, the tackiness and anti-blackness abounds. Like, oh, the reason for the tackiness because you're marrying a Negro. Oh, you're in the and not ignorant about racism because we got a whole collection of you all. Like, oh, you're just like Karen down the hall. Oh, 
Oh, we've got another one. They had talked about that before. That was the way they were talking about it. Like, we already know which ones of these white heifers are violating the white code. They couldn't just shack up with a nigger for a few weeks. They got to go and marry one of these niggers. Like, oh, my God. That would be. Ugh. How you getting married? Ugh. This nigger? Ugh. They continue with all of the unprofessionalism. He said, I, get, I don't know if it was the same people. Uh, he said that they went and were sharing the TikTok video on with all the tackiness of how you get all those children and oh, I work at a condom factory. Like I said, if we worked at a bar, like, oh man, put the tip jar out. That is your one liner for the weekend. Like we are going to clean up. If we worked at a brothel, icebreaker for anybody who's nervous the courthouse incidentally I thought they had like um, filters on the Wi-Fi in a lot of work environments because that's like time wasting like you're not supposed to be going to like YouTube to watch that sort of nonsense or TikTok now I guess people could be looking on their phone but I thought at the courthouse specifically you're not supposed to be on your cell phone that's in the policy and procedure and he talked about how even the enforcement of the cell phone policy is white supremacy racism because they'll come and a black person hey, put that phone down we have no phone policy procedure it's on page 57 Look at the map. put that phone down right now white people they don't do that white people they'll just give a general reminder like oh we, just to let everybody know we do have a phone policy and procedure we're not supposed to be just you know playing around on our phone we are at the courthouse you know we are here to to work and serve the public so no cell phones just a friendly reminder. have a blessed day so I don't know if this was TikToking on the work computer which should be filtered and not possible at the courthouse or if it was on the phone which shouldn't be happening either because we got the no phone policy unless they were on their lunch break or whatever but either way breaking all kinds of rules for this in the midst of white Jesus birthday it does not get any better than tacky incidentally and we talked about this at the beginning too all the joking and gossiping now that's not about anyone specific but in my view that's just so unprofessional like why are we sharing this nonsense in the workplace and that's another one the type of thing like we if that had been our caller here black male sharing that sort of thing with we and have the warden walk in we like man like uh i'm good on all of that uh let's see always love being courteous to victims like any folks you work where you serve the public um in any capacity really uh where black people are coming in non-white people victims of white supremacy are coming in for whatever reason uh you could just be courteous you can help them out um where they get a different experience he's talked about so many black people who come in and are harassed and mistreated they hit the panic button had <laughs> the deputies come out and bludgeon them to death and all the rest of it like just being able to be a smiling face can help you while you're here efficiently and all the rest of it I'm sure this is racism related while you're even here uh, to try to check on these deeds and all the rest of it uh, but just trying to do the best that I can uh, by you while you're here man A plus like that right there works against you know what white people have trained us to do the exact opposite 
Uh, let's see. And then just the part of the training, they ran, like I said, doesn't get any better than tacky with all this, you know, white Jesus and everything. So they had the ugly sweater competition and miraculously the black person wins. Of course. Now, maybe that was thought out. Maybe it was racism, white supremacy. Maybe it was. Maybe she really has. She really went all into it and they thought, wow, that is for sure. The ugliest sweater right on for, you know, office spirit and you know being a team player and having fun with all of us on all this but I mean eh. associating black people with ugly is so they got the ugly duckling I mean that is like so cliche black people and ugly just go together yes the ugly duckling the ugly cat they're all black yeah black we say black get back not participate and I laughed so hard my goodness we get our call in Ohio they come around we talked about this so many times and they come around holiday time graduation time birthday time oh man Peggy Sue she just had an operation oh my goodness Mr. Justin his house burned down oh my goodness don't you know uh, Miss Rhonda down the hall Oh, she just had two little baby grand grandchildren. They're just the cutest things ever. And if you just have twenty dollars, we got. Oh my Lord Jesus Christ! Did you say twenty? Oh my God! No way! I just can't do it. God bless Miss Rhonda. Hope she has a blessed day. But no, I won't be able to do that. And I mean, it would be immediate. No shit, like twenty. Oh my Lord! You can give them. You can give them your best invitation. Like you're almost about to have a panic attack. Like oh my Lord! Twenty. Woo. I sure wish I could, but no, I don't think I can do that. No, no, won't be able to do it. And like you said, a lot of times white people, they're not ignorant. They'll use that to their advantage. They'll know we have been conditioned to just, yes, we're not supposed to say no to a white person. That's in Renitia Tate's book. Pam talked about that. That's how a whole lot of these rapes end up happening because we are afraid to say no to a white person we even talked about that specifically in the work context these uh, inappropriate touching and things in the workplace but <clears throat> to say what did this nigga just say no to me maybe I didn't I didn't hear him correctly because the machine they had the copier on I didn't hear did, did you want to give $20 to Miss Johnson no said with my chest as they say do not be bullet. I've said that like and consistent so they already know I might not even want to sign the card like he said like I remember what she said about us need to go back to our country I remember I don't even know if you have to sign or put any money in it to sign the card but I might not even want to do that like I'm good mm, and you know they gossip about that one like man that no count nigger didn't want to give me $20 for Miss Johnson's card and they they do tend to gossip about that if you don't put in on every white person's gift shower and wedding and the child is graduating and they're selling chocolate bars for school and blah, 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 and all the rest of it whatever I did not have and thought I wouldn't even be afraid like oh no it's Christmas time and we got bills and the white bill is due and I gotta save up for my corona medication and all the rest like right, I just don't have it you got $5 I can hold until the new year? In fact, I'm doing right tough. It's been hard. COVID. 
$20. Get out of here. Uh, let's see. And then the food part of it, too. Like, I was doubly appalled. Like, they want $20 and food? Like, Jesus Christ. We got the COVID. You won't even put on a mask, and now we're supposed to do potlucks again? Like, get out of here. I got peanut allergies. I'm on the the South Beach diet. Dairy allergies? Like, get out of here, man. Uh, let's see. Our caller in Ohio, much obliged for your patience, sir. Did you have commentary? Yeah, not a problem. Uh, I was about to say, it was something you said about uh, posting and showing things off. Uh, one of the lessons I did learn is be careful of the vehicles you drive to your job. Um, I learned that heavily with doing the business side because what happens, what I've seen happen is when you pull up in a nicer vehicle, that tends to trigger white people. And they, they tend to get into this mode where they're like, oh, well, you know, that car's too nice for that person to have or that vehicle's too nice for that person, that black person to have. So, no, I'm not going to help them out. Or, 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 or at least in a working perspective, that might be something that they use to try to uh, get you fired because of a level of jealousy. So I, w- I just wanted to add that to be aware of the vehicle you drive to work or even business arrangements. You might think driving something nice uh, gives a more professional look and you try to make a good impression. But from my experience, I've seen that actually backfire because the white person looks and says, why does that Negro have such a nice vehicle? I said, a glass caller, that's, that's hilarious. I give him credit for being able to work at a courthouse around that craziness. That white girl came straight down the middle to the other white girl. I think that's them showing how uncold they get real quick. She, she wanted to let her know, like, why are you looking at marrying this black guy? That's why she would talk to her like that. Because if it was a white guy, I don't see her talking to her, calling her a bitch, asking her bitch why you get married if she's marrying a white guy. And the ugly sweater, when I heard that, I, my first inclination was they're doing one of their jokes where it's uh, pretty much it's not even about the sweater. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think it was decided if she participated, she was going to win regardless because it's not about the sweater. It's about her being black. But I can I, I can appreciate the way that the guy handled the situation and he didn't force or try to bring up race and present it in a racial way because that can backfire. I've, I've always generally seen it backfire. Definitely you're working at a courthouse. I mean, yeah, absolutely correct. You're in a place where the people with the nigger knockers can just come find you immediately. It's not like uh, there's a part of that building they don't know. So I, I give him a whole lot of credit for being super codified that's all i gotta say much obliged good sir um i guess for white people are not ignorant about racism so they do let other white people know when you're violating the code marrying that nigra and i for sure don't think she would have talked to her if she was marrying another if she's marrying a white guy or even if she was going to marry a white woman I don't think she would have sounded that way. It definitely could have been uh, pre-orchestrated. If the black female is in the ugly sweater contest, wink, wink. And we already got it together. Uh, Now, as for the car, like I said, we have been here 13 years. If we make it to February, man, we have touched all the bases that is in the archives black male sp- 
specifically 2014, the summer of 2014, we even called Dr. Welsing during that program for like five minutes, just randomly because he was in Washington, D.C. I was like, man, you should go to the Welsing Institute. And we called to verify that the Institute was starting back up in a couple of weeks, 2014, August specifically of 2014. But he said he normally would drive his regular old beat up nothing special uh, vehicle to work with mostly white people nobody ever said a word to him about his regular old raggedy vehicle jalopy we'll say one day something was wrong with that car he was forced to drive his other vehicle which I don't remember him saying was a Bentley I don't think it was that extravagant but I mean it just wasn't the jalopy pulled up in that car exactly and I think he said exactly what the caller in Ohio just said what is this negra doing in this car oh my god we gotta get to work get him fired right now what the hell how did he get this car so exactly the same thing I've never heard any black person that I know of for workplace racism and especially since I've been studying racism never heard them say man when I pulled up in that Lamborghini when I pulled up in that Mercedes whoo, my days of being treated like a nigra were all over I've never heard that never in the archives quite a few times now the exact opposite not that you get treated well in the jalopy but woo. generally it's where did this nigger get this car from we've done everything to see to it the nigger doesn't have this let's take it from him the person uh, caller in California did you have commentary you wanted to get in before we wrap up? Hi, this is Aziz Mom. Sorry for entering late. I wanted to um, say that I I heard something recently about from someone who's a data scientist about how um, when you sometimes they have like on-site therapy that the company provides during work hours. Um, and my company had that. And this data scientist person that I was talking to said that they can actually um, track the there's there's no type of like um, emphasis on, you know, malpractice. So a lot of the stuff that you're saying in those meetings can be logged and used against you potentially. So it's really um, you should just be really mindful about using those things. You may think that it's beneficial, but it may actually in the long run uh, hurt you. Similar to like the type of companies that provide you with unlimited PTO, they may be just be doing that to keep track of who's actually, you know, using excess PTO and things like that. So just be mindful of companies, especially these like newer types of startups that try to incite or get people interested by saying, oh, we provide therapy, we provide unlimited PTO, because they may just be doing that to track your emotional and mental health and track, you know, your quote unquote productivity. Um, that's all I have to say. I'll mute my line. Super important. Uh, I think red in Ohio and might've even been some other folks 
but they talked about not the mental health component that's a, a newer addition uh, but at least the uh, unlimited PTO um, where that will just be used and probably not just used to track you but used against you because uh, it was seconded as soon as Red in Ohio brought it up where some other people said oh yeah that's at work environment too where you can take you know as many days off as you need but if you do get those days they just remember that when it's promotion time or whatever and I think even some of them it wasn't even unlimited let's say I'm just going to be arbitrary let's say it was 15 we'll say they give you 15 whatever days where you can just take when you want personal days that you can take per uh, calendar year if you take 15 that will be notched and you won't get you know promotions and all the rest of it even though they say you have 15 days you can't take all 15 and that's the type of thing that's not a rule someone would have to let you know that's the rule technically you have 15 days but like for real for real you have 10 days or or it'll be something like you if you have like five days left now when we get to the end of the year like oh, okay you can burn through those five days for like next week but it can't be something where we get to October November and you've taken 15 days off that's not gonna fly you're not gonna be promoted or what have you but like I said that will be what they call an unwritten rule so yes be very mindful of anything like that if it's unlimited or even it just sounds like you have a high number of personal days that you can take off be mindful and maybe see if you can talk to some people who work there for a while to see you know what the deal is about taking company therapy how many days do you really have off that type of thing anywho uh, we will be here white people permitting for white Jesus' birthday and I guess it's double whammy because here in Seattle specifically like oof I don't know it could be snowing tomorrow um, yeah those type of weather events it can knock the power out and all the rest of it so I guess we'll have to uh, see uh, pray for Gusty if it's not too much bother um, I think the snow might not be tomorrow might be the following day but at least the temperature is supposed to start dropping towards like 25 tomorrow and even 25 like it's been a minute like we just don't have the normal temperature here is 40 degrees which is what it was today that's the normal temperature even in the winter time 40 degrees and overcast so it's j you could live here I talked all the time about you could live here and not have AC, which most people do. You could live here and not have an ice scraper either because it's generally not close to freezing. So there is no scraping your car or anything else. Uh, it doesn't even snow, but maybe once per year and then it's 40 degrees. So you don't even need a shovel for that. It'll be melted naturally within 24 hours. So it is very unusual for us to have a week of teens and twenties tomorrow compensatory call in thinking warm thoughts uh, sobriety would be best especially now because man they will have probably uh, sobriety checkpoints out probably from now till the beginning of the year so if you gotta go out especially at night I would be sober uh, if you gotta consume some alcohol or whatever it is uh, I would sit there uh, be at that spot until the next day where you can be sober and lucid driving uh, you do not want to have to deal with a DUI or some madness uh, during the holidays 
Ugh. And I am aware of that happening before as well. Like, man. Uh, in addition to being sober, if you're going out and about, uh, especially in all the mat, well, we'll talk about that. But if you're going out and about, be alert uh, about what's happening around you. Uh, you do not want to be in any verbal confrontations. You should be thinking this person could be armed. Kyle Rittenhouse. This person might have an entire entourage of Kyle Rittenhouses ready to kill and maim. If you didn't leave your residence ready to die and or kill exit this is no time to be you know jousting verbally with anybody especially the holidays like people are not really Uh, all that said if you're in a vehicle you are sober you're buckled up and you're not on the cell phone Uh, one just trying to do the small things that we can to stay safe and then two we are trying to minimize contact with the Kim Potter's race soldiers of the world as best we can all that said creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately cow signing out thanks all for tuning in nigga you so brainwashed i'm a victim no brother problem. you're a victim uh, i'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning shut up the man has programmed my condition mm-hmm. even my conditioning has been conditioned uh.